Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the beautiful, sunny area of Los Angeles, California. Welcome in. Man, do we have a jam-packed show for you. Danny Cannell is going to join us as uh, we'll break down the college football rankings. First college football rankings for the college football playoff came out last night. Plus, get you ready for LSU. Welcoming in Alabama. Uh, Rams wide receiver Josh Reynolds next hour. Third and final hour of the show, Greg Cosell from NFL Films will join us, as will Brad Osmus. He's the new Angels skipper. He's the former Mariners, excuse me, former um, Mariners. Why did I say Mariners? Former Tigers skipper. Uh, he will join us. A brilliant, brilliant mind. A former catcher 
in the National Football League. Um, I, I want to get to Le'Veon Bell still no-showing. This is the day after the trade deadline expired. And a little bit of what Le'Veon's doing is uh, does kind of correlate to the Jimmy Butler thing, does kind of correlate to the ha-ha Clinton Dix being traded. Right? It, it is not what you say, it is what you do. And we can read tea leaves. Right? Like, even if you go back to earlier this week when Cleveland fired Todd Haley and fired Hugh Jackson, and, and Cleveland didn't necessarily hide the fact that they had uh, head coaching and assistant coaching dysfunction, but, you know, you can sit here and tell us who you like and who you don't like, but we can, we read the tea leaves on that one. And everyone saw Hard Knocks said like, hey, those two are not going to work together. It's funny because um, Cowherd used the clip of Hugh Jackson talking to his assistant coaches and assistant coaches not wanting to give days off and Hugh Jackson saying, hey, that's great, but this is my team. When it's your team, you can do what you want. I've been told by, uh, let me go through my text here. One, two, three, four, four different NFL front office people that it happens in their shop. Exact same conversation. So I texted back, what's different? He's like, read the body. They're all like, read the body language. Look at those two guys. You just look at him like, well, that isn't working. You can do this when you're on a couple's date. You can ask them, how you guys doing? Oh, we're great. We're so happy. The kids are great. And then you just, you watch their interaction. Are they holding hands? Are they sitting close to each other? Do they make eye contact? You know, do their, do their stories kind of line up? If not, they can both be kind of private subcontractors in the game of life. He does his thing. She does her thing. They're just co-parenting. Right? You can, your spidey senses can tell you something's up. I had friends in the NBA last year like, dude, spidey senses say, Jimmy Butler, that crew does not get along. I mentioned it on this show several times. Like, that team, something wrong. Like, remember, they were the only team to lose to the Grizzlies at home in, in 2018. Did you know that? Like the Minnesota Timberwolves, with all their star they were the only team. The, the Grizzlies were trying to lose games. The only game they couldn't lose on the road last year, since after January 1st, was the Minnesota Timberwolves. And my spidey senses, as well as some help from other guys' spidey senses, I'm like, like, I don't know what it is, but that ain't working. Jimmy Butler's sitting out tonight. Of course, uh, even how the message relate. Was it the Timberwolves' idea? Was it his idea? Is he going to be traded? Like, the whole thing. Like, guys, get your story straight before you present it to the world because otherwise, once you don't have your story straight and you start stuttering and stammering, you know, getting the story straight reminds me, have any of you guys, um, music, you've flown internationally or you just flown to Hawaii. Is that the only place you've gone to? That in Mexico. Okay, so it's not really the same. Ramos, have you flown truly internationally to Europe or anything? That would be a negative, Doug. You guys gonna need to get out more. Um, <laughs> Very when true. you when you fly the the you know you know an airline has never never crashed right like uh, LL, LL has never been you know nothing as as many attacks as there have been on uh, my fellow Jewish people not good there's never been one with LL and they interview you when you're standing in line and they don't necessarily ask you like about your religious background or about anything they just 
They just kind of talk to you and have a conversation with you and they're waiting for you to stutter and stammer and not quite have your, like the correct, and you get nervous, but there's a certain level of nervousness that's normal and there's a certain level of nervousness that's covering up things. There's also a certain level of being smooth. And so that's what, they, that's what they're doing. They're kind of interrogating you without you knowing they're interrogating you. And so when the Timberwolves don't quite have their story together, like, well, who, who decided that Jimmy was going to sit tonight? Uh, it was uh, our decision, their decision, mutual decision. Like, that doesn't make any sense. The same is true with, with the Browns, right? When Hugh Jackson said, like, hey, I'm going to take over a play calling. I'm going to take over more of the offense. And, like, you know, Todd Haley was like, wait, what? You could read their body language. You could understand Timberwolves dysfunctional. And frankly, I told you this with with Pittsburgh, that there was, whether it's a lack of communication or an inability to get your story straight, when Le'Veon Bell, when he didn't show up after training camp was over and he was expected to be there and his entire offensive line ripped him, which never happens in professional sports, especially in the NFL ever players are always united. There was something amiss there. And then there was the, well, maybe he'll set till week 10. And then you go back a couple weeks, goes, he's going to come back after week eight. When their inability to get kind of the story straight story together. And then you look at, at Le'Veon Bell, First seven games last season, he got 29 touches. He averaged 128.3 yards from scrimmage, 4.4 yards a touch, only four touchdowns from scrimmage. Whereas uh, James Conner, fewer touches, 22.6, 131.7 yards per game. So more yards per game, 5.8, that's over a yard, almost a yard and a half more per touch. Additionally, last year through first seven games, Ben Roethlisberger, not as successful. Nine touchdowns, eight interceptions. 62% completion percentage, 7.5 yards attempt. Now 14 touchdowns, seven interceptions. 2,290 yards already. That's, that's over 60 more yards per game passing, a higher completion percentage, and more yards per attempt. So Big Ben is on pace to throw more TDs, more yards, a better completion percentage, and a higher yards per attempt. Everybody talked about when Le'Veon Bell sat out, it'll be like Emmett Smith 2.0. I don't know if you guys remember Emmett Smith in the middle of his career decided to, he wanted a bigger contract from Jerry Jones. He sat the first two games. It was a disaster. Jerry caved in. Jerry gave him a big deal. There, there was something wrong with Le'Veon's story that it didn't, uh, you know, he told guys he's going to be back. Then all of a sudden he wasn't back. Then it was 10 games. Then maybe it was eight games. Then all of us were left assuming that he was just waiting to the trade deadline. We expired because he didn't want to show up. If he signed that franchise tender, he'd be the, the Le'Veon Bell thing. He sat there and said, Hey, if you don't want to pay me, find somebody who can be as productive. And they're like, okay, we got a guy. He makes a quarter of the money that you make. He played in the city of Pittsburgh in college. And oh yeah, by the way, he's a cancer survivor who's as or more productive in every single way. And oh yeah, by the way, Ben Roethlisberger, more productive without you. And granted, it did not happen in a vacuum. The schedule was probably more difficult last year than it has been this year. Two games against the Browns. Of course, there was that disaster against the Jags last year. Like all that stuff we know. But the point is that he dared him, find somebody better who will do it for less 
they did. And now all of a sudden, he's back to stuttering and stammering and he's not there. He's not showing up. You know, something, once I saw and read the comments of all of those offensive linemen, I knew something was up. It's, it's just like the Green Bay Packers made what I think would be a really odd move. Ha-ha Clinton Dix, who they would have had to reinvest in in the offseason. If you know anything about the Packers, Ted Thompson's style, who's the old GM, now kicked upstairs, who drafted Ha-ha Clinton Dix, their style has always been draft guys, re-sign guys. Build from within, build with your draft picks. And considering Ha-ha Dix is a starter, pretty good player, and had they simply not re-signed him and he signed somewhere else, they would have gotten a compensatory pick and instead... They traded him away yesterday. Again, something else is up. Something else is up. All right, we got a lot to get to. We'll take potentially. I'm I'm thinking about it. it is Halloween. I'm in um, I'm in one of those fantastic moods. I'm I'm thinking about opening phone lines today. Thinking about it. Maybe not long and hard, but I'm thinking about it. 877-99 on Fox is the phone number. Doug Gottlieb show Fox sports radio. Danny Cannell joins the show upcoming next. Are we buying Kentucky? And do the rankings even matter considering the L- that the sec is going to, going to cannibalize itself uh, as it is. We got to figure out what about Wazoo? What do we do with Wazoo? Other teams have lost a game and are ranked uh, above Wazoo and don't have the wins of Wazoo. All right, get to that upcoming. But first, Using True Car, you can easily find the car that you want. With True Price from True Car, you can avoid the confusion you encounter online by getting a great price you can count on before you ever visit a dealership. The True Price includes all dealer fees and accessories. True Car shows you what other people in the area pay for the car that you want. Now, you know what a fair price is, so you can feel confident, and your, certified, your True Car certified dealer knows this. They set their True Price competitively so they can win your business. Do you know over 3 million cars have been sold to True Car users using the True Car certified dealer network? They're over, wait for this, 15,000, I had no idea, 15,000 True Car certified dealers nationwide. That's a lot. So they're everywhere and they cut you a great deal. Like this, True Car users can save, on average, over 3,000 off MSRP. So when you're looking for a new car or a used car, the best place to go is True Car. You can know what other people pay for the exact same price. You'll get that true price set competitively before you walk into the building and it includes all accessories and dealer fees. It's great. You're going to have a more confident, car buying experience reminder some features not available in all states be sure to catch live editions of the doug gottlieb show weekdays at noon eastern 3 p.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iheart radio app brought to you by progressive insurance creators of the name your price tool choose from a range of coverage options and pick the price that works for you visit progressive.com today Doug Gottlieb show Fox sports radio. You can uh, see his show on cbssports.com. He's a college football analyst for CBS sports. Uh, he's the one and only Florida state alum who's telling people to be calm, stay calm, stay calm. <laughs> Willie Taggart's got this thing. He's Danny Cannell. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb show. I went to FSU, as you know, um, I took some of your recommendations as far as where to go out and where to hang out. It's a beautiful town. Um, college town is really cool, really clean, a lot more impressive than I kind of thought. I just, I'd never been to Tallahassee before. 
uh, and the proximity to FAM, FAM, FAMU, I, I had no idea that in Tallahassee CC how many college students would be, fr- frankly, in college town. That said, dude, they look slow again. Things you'd never seen before from a Florida State team in the last 30 years was a team running side-to-side against Florida State. Are they slow, or have they quit on Willie Taggart? Uh, I think they quit in that game. I mean, I think the film doesn't lie. And If you watch the second half, there were a bunch of players in the field that just gave up. And good for Willie Taggart. He called out guys afterwards and said that's unacceptable for Florida State. Here's the thing I've been trying to tell Florida State fans, because I do, I'm trying to talk them off a ledge, and it's a similar situation that we've seen happen at Nebraska with Scott Frost and UCLA with Chip Kelly somewhat, is it's one year. It's the first year. And here's the difference, I think, in all these programs. I don't think any of them, Florida State included, are not close to being national championship contenders. And I think that's what hurt Willie Taggart is that the Florida State fan base felt like, hey, this team has talent. They're close to competing. They should be competing for national championships. When I think it's really easy to forget a couple things. One, they were 7-6 and six last year, which is not a very good record. And it was only two years ago when Louisville dropped 63 on them when, you know, Florida State did have a lot of, you know, uh, good players and talent on that roster and they got run out of Louisville, and they quit on Jimbo Fisher. So I think there's it's one of those situations, Doug, where you got to kind of like rip off the Band-Aid. It's going to be ugly, and then you build it back up. And I think it's going to be a painful process this year and obviously a little bit of a bumpy ride. But I think Florida State fans have to look for the long haul and say, all right, let's give this thing. It's going to be a rough year. Let's let him get a rec- uh, recruiting class in and start seeing what, what, kind of, what, what he can do when he gets his imprint on this program. I also think, and this is something I don't know if you've talked about it on your podcast with Raja Bell, Danny Cannell joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Um, one of the, look, there's great things about having a college football playoff. Okay. And uh-huh. I've never been somebody who sits there and tells you the bowl system is a great system because if it was a good system, no, why, why has no one else copied it? Right. Like something's <laughs> right. Man, that's, uh, I have a friend of mine who does radio in Kansas city and he came up with that. And I was like, wow, that's genius. I'm going to use that. Cause it's true. Yeah. No one copies that system. That said, now we, we so don't care about bowls as a public that of course kids react to it, that once they are completely out of the national championship hunt, let alone the conference championship hunt, like the, 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 the thought is the season is lost. Whereas if you go back before the college football playoff era, I do think that, and for some programs, maybe Florida State, it's, it's part that it's Florida State and there's greater expectations, but I do think that making a good bowl, ending on a good note, still having something to play for was bigger than it is now. Is that, is that a possible reason why some of these teams have quit at such an early stage in the season? Yes, you're 100% right. There's two things. One, and, and notice the programs where it happens, where it kind of implodes on them. Notre Dame a couple years ago was 3-9. and nine. I felt that happened to them. Uh, when they kind of, you know, they threw in the towel on Brian Kelly. Uh, it's happening this year with Florida State. It happened a little bit last year with Florida State. Uh, other programs, and they're really the top-tier programs, but I think there's one common thread. The coaches there are using the NFL as a recruiting tool instead of come let us win championships. And I think there's that, that, that dual thread there, because I think there is some of them are saying, hey, let's win national championships. So then you get burned when you're out of that national championship hunt. And then if you're selling guys on the NFL, even though reality at all these programs, Florida State, Notre Dame, Florida, Ohio State, all of them, is that only a couple, you know, a handful of the guys are going to get drafted. But as soon as you're out, guys start protecting their bodies, saying, oh, i got to get ready for the draft. It's more common to see a guy like Nick Bosa say, you know what, I'm going to shut it down. We saw it happen with Miles Jack at UCLA. 
uh, they're more likely to shut it down there in the middle of the season and say, hey, I want to get paid. I want to get to the NFL. And I think it is a big problem for college football. The, the mindset of players now is more what's in it for me. I want to get paid and I'm going to do whatever I can as opposed to when I played and when you played basketball, it was, you know, I love being a part of this program. I want to help us be good. I want to win championships. And if I get to play at the next level, that's an added bonus. But that wasn't really the goal going to college. It was, let me go have, let me go ball out with my boys and see how good we can be. And then if we're good, then I'll get drafted. But that wasn't the mindset. And now it's more so guys are, hey, I just want to go and use it to get me to the NFL. And that's why you're seeing a lot of these programs running some big problems. All right, let, let's let's react to yesterday's first poll. And um, I think you think along, even, you know, used to work at ESPN, I did as well. I, I You know, some of it kind of feeds the monster of bringing attention to a sport in which it feels like a foregone conclusion. It's Alabama, probably Clemson, and we'll, you know, we'll figure out if somebody can upset Notre Dame. You know, so it's not, and, and like, look, where you rank LSU doesn't matter, right? If they win uh-huh. this weekend, they have to win an SEC championship game, then they're in. If they don't, they're not. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, maybe they win this weekend, losing the SEC championship. Maybe, maybe I don't know. But if they lose this weekend, they're done. Um, I tweeted out, and this has gotten, what is it, uh, over 3,000 likes, 685 retweets. Not the most to ever. But exactly zero human beings believe Kentucky is better than Ohio State. <laughs> right. And, and I, I like I understand the I think Kentucky's defense is good. I think the story is great. They stole one last week in Missouri, which was an unbelievable come from behind win, shutting down a really good quarterback and a good offense. Uh, what's your take, though, on Kentucky and how highly ranked they are in the first ever poll this year? Well, I think that's a direct result. And I saw our buddy Joe Klatt tweet out something about the SEC and, you know, how they have the number one ranked team. No one has an issue with Alabama being no one. No one. No one has an issue with that. But the SEC has the highest-ranked one-loss team. They have the highest-ranked two-loss team. They have the highest-ranked three-loss team. And then you've got a Kentucky sitting there at nine that nobody really believes it. It's clear that the committee, and this is not the first year this has happened, every year they have looked at the SEC and said they are king. They are a king of the mountain, and we're going to go ahead and treat them as such. So that when Kentucky does break a streak versus Florida and beats them, it's like, oh, this monumental win when let's let the season play out and see how good Florida is. Because, yes, Florida is better than they've been in the past, but they're still not very good on offense. Now they got exposed somewhat against Georgia. And then last week you saw what happened against uh, Missouri when you mentioned it. They got a gifted pass interference call, and they come up with a win, but they were underdogs in that, in that situation. They're nine-and-a-half-point underdogs versus Georgia. And if they were playing any of those teams that are ranked behind them, and I would throw Texas in the mix, I would throw Ohio State in the mix, West Virginia – there's just a slew of teams that are ranked behind them. Like, if we really wanted to do this, Doug, accurately, we probably would listen to Las Vegas and look at the odds of the teams that, you know, have the best chance to win the championship, and those are the teams with the most talent. But because we need a TV show, because we do need to drive up some interest, because there's this human element, which I do like somewhat, but it just becomes a little bit too cute. And my problem is when we're guessing at who are the best teams are, we're wrong all the time. And it's just like I would rather – I want to do as much to have the thing play out on the field, the championship, right. played on the field, and take it out of a stupid boardroom, which unfortunately is the circumstance we're in in this current system. Danny Cannell joining us from CBS Sports, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, let, let's, let's get to this weekend. LSU, Alabama, I'm sure you've seen this stat, but 46 of 61 drives – um, Alabama's had with Tua at quarterback have ended in scores. 41 have ended in touchdowns. 
Um, let's start defensively. LSU obviously, obviously has a ton of athletic talent, and uh, they played terrific football with uh, with a couple exceptions this year. With the, with the one loss, obviously, to Florida is the exception. But can how do they how do they slow down or even stop Alabama's offense? They've got a pressure to it. That's the one thing we really haven't seen yet is Tua get knocked around and seen him, you know, with a four-man rush, which I think LSU could do, is pressure him. The problem is you better get to him really fast because he is a very smart quarterback and he knows where to go with the football. And he's got not one, not two. He has four wide receivers who are absolute touchdown home run threats. So you also have the athletes on the outside. If you're gonna if you're gonna pressure him, you got to be able to lock down on the outside. And it's like good luck. So I don't think LSU. I think their offense. I think their defense could present some challenges. But look, Bama's going to get theirs on offense. So I think then the question flips to, can LSU score with Bama? Because I think this is one of the first times where you're like, you know, you can't turn it into an ugly slugfest. You have to go toe-to-toe with them scoring. That's why I don't think LSU has much of a chance because as good a story as Joe Burrow has been, transferring from Ohio State, getting nice wins, I don't think they have the firepower to go toe-to-toe in a score-for-score game. I think it could be interesting for a half. I think the more interesting question is, is, is can LSU cover the 15-point spread in the fourth quarter, which I think they will, but I just don't think they have enough to get the job done and win at home. 15 points at home <laughs> under the lights in Death Valley. like things you would not. the toughest place to play in college football. The toughest place to play in college football. It's insane. Um, what was the toughest place you ever played? Uh, the old Orange Bowl. The old Orange Bowl was absolutely my favorite place to play. I think it's a travesty that the Hurricanes now have to go play in a pro stadium that's 40 miles from their campus where they may fill out for Florida State or, you know, one of their big games. But that old place used to, like, literally you could see the stands moving up and down because the fans would jump. And then, of course, it also helped that they had Warren Sapp and Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and all these other dudes on their uh, defense, which made them even nastier to stop. But that place just had, it was old and dirty and it smelled but that's what makes college football great. That's what makes a huge, you know, uh, home field advantage is when you have those type of aspects. And I'm, that, that place was incredible and incredibly loud and electric. It was awesome. Um, sorry that I never got a chance to expect. I, I watched it a ton on TV. Never experienced it, obviously, in person. That was the site of the, the Bears' only loss when they had the Super Bowl shuffle yep. team, right? All of those yep. famous Orange Bowls. Uh, Nebraska going for two for the win in the national championship game. So many of the Florida State wide right kicks, right? All, all it felt like they happened in that Orange Bowl, which is, which is no longer. Danny Cannell, our guest here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, where are you on the Harbaugh bandwagon? Uh, I'm in. I think he's proven. Like, I think this was a huge uh, year for him. I thought after the Notre Dame game, I thought if you were looking for value as far as gambling, I thought that was a really good time to pick up Michigan. They were, I think going into the season, they were around 12 to one to win the national championship. It went all the way down to 35 or 40 to one at some books. And I thought that was a really good play. Uh, if you're too late now, if you missed it, but I do feel like Shea Patterson, the more comfortable he gets in the system, the more effective he's been able to, to play. And I think sometimes people forget, like Shea Patterson is brand new to that program. He just had the playbook about six months, so he was trying to kind of you know, take this cram session and get comfortable in it. That's why he looked so uncomfortable versus Notre Dame. But I'm a big believer in their defense too, Doug. That's what kind of separates them. I do think Don Brown is one of the best defensive coordinators, and I think that Jim Harbaugh has recruited to to go toe-to-toe with Ohio State, with Clemson, with Bama, with some of these other teams and getting those big boys in the trenches. 
And I do think that they'll go on and win the Big Ten. Now, they do have to go through Columbus, that rivalry game, last game of the season. But I do feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a buyer of Michigan at this point. I'm starting to look at them and say they're not only winning, but they're winning convincingly, and they're proving. Danny Cannell, our, our guest here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm with you. I, I, the, the interesting thing about Ohio State, we started to talk about Nick Bosa. Um, th- this is like for me in the NFL, watching the Chargers, thinking how much better they're going to be when they get Joey Bosa back. How much worse is Ohio State considering they don't have arguably the best pass rusher in college football? It's, it's a big drop-off because he's a difference maker. He's a guy that when he plays, there's always the threat of a sack, you know, a fumble, scoop and score. You know, he's such a difference maker and force a quarterback into a bad throw where he's going to throw a pick, pick six. And they still have a ton of weapons on the defensive side of the ball. But my thing isn't so much with, with, with the players. I, I, was, I was really kind of turned off with this Ohio State team. I, I think that, you know, we talking before when we started talking to, uh, in this interview, about players looking for the NFL. That's and that I'm team. Not gonna, yeah, I'm not going to crush Nick Bosa because it's a business decision. I have no problem with it doing it. But I do think it speaks volumes that a captain on the team would say, I'm good. I'm going to go ahead. See you guys later. I'm going to go work on the NFL. As opposed to even if he doesn't contribute to the team, I think it does mentally mean something if your leader is there for you guys. He's there training with you and rehabbing and giving you emotional support on the sidelines and maybe just maybe he comes back in a big 10 championship game and plays sparingly, but at least he would be there for you. I thought that spoke volumes that one of the captains was willing to kind of say goodbye to his teammates. And I think there's a lot of that attitude and that mentality in that locker room, which there's been for a couple years, which is why Ohio state has just lacked that killer instinct that we're going to run the table. That's why you saw a letdown last year against Iowa. That's why you saw a letdown against Purdue I don't want to take anything away from Purdue, but it just feels like Ohio State is just missing something as far as their mentality and their approach to every week in the yeah. college football season. And I don't want to overreact to Twitter, but all of the other star players on that team supported him on social media, uh, right. essentially saying like, like, look, we, we, like if we could get out of here, we, we, we would too. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, so so that's it, fascinating to me. Uh, Wazoo, they're sitting there at ranked eighth. Hey, they do have a loss to USC on the road, a three-point game. They got the win over Oregon, and potentially they'll have a rematch with either SC or, or a Utah team who they escaped at home. Is there any hope for the Pac-12? There is a hope. I was actually pleasantly surprised that the committee last night had them at eighth in the initial release, but I wonder if it's kind of a tease because do you remember the last time when Washington got in and they played Alabama and they got beat in the, in the playoff in the first round? Yep. Remember the conversation surrounding them? It was like, oh, I don't, you know, the Pac-12 is not very strong. Well, They're well, remember, remember USC, USC had, well, was that, did USC win the league that year? Or USC didn't no, get a chance Washington, to play. Yeah, but they right, didn't, Washington wasn't that the year won. USC went to the, no, that wasn't the year USC went to the Rose Bowl, was it? I'm trying to think. Yes, it was, because no. Washington got into the playoff, which allowed USC to go to the Rose Bowl, correct? And they played Penn State in the, you know, the meaningless game. Yeah, uh, but totally. USC had beaten Washington. That was Washington's only loss in the year. Exactly. But do you remember the conversation around Washington that year was their non-conference isn't very good? Washington State will have the same dilemma because they played uh, Wyoming, Eastern Washington, and some other you know, directional school that's not very good. So their, their non-conference is questionable. And I've always been a defender of the Pac-12 because I think they galvanize each other more than any other conference because they play the nine conference games. 
because I think it's a deeper conference than in most conferences. Like I think their worst teams are better than the worst teams in the Big 12 or the worst teams in the Big 10. But this year, the Pac-12 is just it's brutal. It's a little bit of a dumpster fire when you look at Oregon getting beat by Arizona, by USC getting beat by Arizona State. So you've got a bunch of teams bundled up with three and four losses and only one team left standing. And I still think I, – I, so there's that. There's that question. But I also think Washington State could have a tough time with Washington in the Apple Cup at the end of the year. Although Mike Leach has something that he hasn't had in a long time. He's always had offenses and quarterbacks like Gardner Minshew. But he hasn't had a defense, and their defense is tops in most of the categories in the, in the Pac-12. So I would give them a chance, but I, I feel like it's a tease, and I would hate to see the Pac-12 let down again and get on the outside looking in. I think they need a lot of help from the other teams in front of them. Danny Cannell from CBS Sports. Check out uh, Cannell and Bell. That's uh, Raja Bell, my good friend, of course, playing the NBA. Every day, 7 a.m. on CBS Sports HQ. Thanks so much for joining us, man. You got it, Doug. Take it easy, man. Good talking to you. Pleasure's mine. Danny Cannell joining us. Let's check in with Isaac Lowenkron. Isaac, what do you got? Good afternoon, Doug. Jimmy Butler not playing tonight for the Minnesota Timberwolves against Utah. With Butler in the midst of a trade demand, there have been conflicting reports as to whose decision it was for him to not play tonight. Fox Sports Radio's Karan Butler spoke with Jimmy Butler and set the record straight on the herd. Why isn't he playing tonight? It's a mutual decision from Tibbs and front office in itself. You know, he's, he's he said he's restless, he's tired, he's a little banged up, and it was a mutual agreement to rest him tonight against Utah. NFL Dolphins head coach Adam Gase has ruled out Ryan Tannehill for Sunday's game against the Jets due to a shoulder injury. Brock Osweiler will once again get the start at quarterback. At his press conference today, Detroit Lions head coach Matt Patricia got testy with a reporter because of the reporter's slouching posture? Listen. Why do you think this makes your franchise better? Um, do me a favor. Just kind of sit up and just, like, have a little respect for the process. Every day you come and ask me questions and you just kind of, like, you know, give me this. But, I mean, like, just, just be a little respectful. Just I'm asking just to be a little respectful in this whole process, okay? So ask me a question professionally and I'll answer it for you. Again, that's Bill Belichick School of Fashion alumnus Matt Patricia, fresh off the cover of GQ in October. NHL tonight's Discover Card key matchup. The Vancouver Canucks host the Chicago Blackhawks at 10 p.m. Eastern. And speaking of matchups, become a new card member, and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. And there are those days where there's never a dull moment in sports. Back to you, Doug. Are you sitting up or are you slouching? I can't see you right now. I was I slouching at the start of that report, but I'm sitting up ramrod straight right now. I, 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 look, listen, do, I, do you need to sit up to ask a question? No. Um, on the other hand, sometimes the, the actual frustrating thing is when guys get lazy and they go, could you talk about, like, just ask a question. You got all day to think about what question you want to ask me, and then you don't really ask. Talk about is not a question. Ask me a question. I would have thought that would have been a better, that would have been better. Can you talk about? It? Yes, I can. What would you like me to talk about? What is the, what is the actual question? But slouching, you know, and he does have, he kind of looks like um, music. What's the character from uh, Hangover? Uh, with the beard of. Uh, well, the actor's name is Zach Galifianakis. I know Zach Galifianakis, but what's, what's Zach's, what's Zach's name in that? What's Zach Galifianakis' name? He does kind of have a Zach Galifianakis. Alan? Yeah, he looks like a little bit like Alan from Hangover. Alan from Hangover 
If Zach Kalifanakis got the job as a head coach in the NFL, that's what he would look like. How will Baker Mayfield deal with coaching turmoil in Cleveland? I'll tell you next. Door to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I love the idea that people have no idea what they're talking about. Like uh, Stephen A. Smith saying, um, at the end of the season, Aaron Rodgers would demand a trade because the, the Packers traded ha-ha Clinton Dix. Like, look, it, it, did it catch people in the NFL off guard? Many of them it did. They obviously did not want to give him a contract at the end of the year. But what's interesting is instead of letting him walk where they get a compensatory pick, they chose to just trade for the third round draft pick anyway. But my guess is that, and this is just, this is more than an educated guess. This idea that the, like, do you think the Packers should really sabotage their season? Do you think they think they're getting worse? Like, this is the type of idiocy that we have in radio and TV. It's like the, well, Malcolm Butler, I mean, Bill Belichick, he, 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 he purposely sacrificed that. Like, no, Bill Belichick's been to eight Super Bowls for a reason. Malcolm Butler was not good last year. He has not been good this year. <laughs> I mean, just the fact that the Titans overpaid him, that doesn't somehow, somehow make Bill Belichick an idiot. Just because they lost a game doesn't make him an idiot. They still had a chance to win the game. And maybe Malcolm Butler at his best or even marginally best, could have helped them win a Super Bowl last year against the Eagles. But the fact is that if you actually go back and look, he missed the team playing because he was in the hospital. So guy's not playing well. Guy doesn't go to the team doctor. Instead goes to the hospital to find out what's wrong. Shows up late for the Super Bowl. Has already been playing poorly and, uh, and, has been, and, and they've been thinking about benching him. And we act like Bill Belichick's going to go like, you know what? We could win, but I'm going to make a point. Or he thought he did what's best for his team. Which is probably what the Packers did. Ha Ha Clinton Dix was brought in by a previous regime and a previous defensive coordinator. And all that has changed. And sometimes you got to shake up the locker room by getting rid of a guy who's the sticky wheel. Let's get to a game. This is Game Time. It's Game Time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Game Time's brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you. Isaac Lohenkron will treat us to a game. What game is it? All right, let's see what we got today, Doug. Real news, fake news. You know, before today, I would have thought the headline, NFL coach scolds reporter for slouching posture, would have been perfect for real news, fake news. But of course, that is real news. So let's begin with this. Baker Mayfield was asked about the coaching changes in Cleveland and said, quote, it's unfortunate to deal with those types of distractions in the middle of the season, but right now we're focused on the Kansas City Chiefs, unquote. Is that real news or fake news? 
Uh, I think that's real news. You are fake news. Mm. Believe it or not, Mayfield said, bring it on. With all the distractions, we will see what kind of men we have in this room, not what kind of team that we have, but what kind of men can handle a distraction the right way, can come together and focus on doing their job and doing it at a high level against a great team. Unquote. No word yet on whether Mayfield realized he was with the Browns or thought he was back with Oklahoma. No, but I, look, he's trying to establish himself as the leader of a franchise, and I think this is smart, right? This is smart. It's This is a, I'm not going to make any excuses for the state where we are. Uh, I don't think he got along with Hugh Jackson, nor did he, he was, his vision was aligned. I think there's a lot of the, what happened with Jeff Fisher and Jared Goff, knowing that help is just a, a couple of months away. And I don't think a ton changes for, for him. And th- look, this is a, a chance for Baker to establish himself as the leader and the stabilizing force in a franchise. I actually think this is a good thing for Baker because it plays to his strengths. Like, look, Baker's strengths are everything other than he doesn't have people's like he is he has a strong arm, but he doesn't like crazy, crazy arm. Um, he's not that athletically gifted and he's not big. All the other stuff he has, leadership he has. And I think that's just expressing itself in this way. And that's a fascinating analogy, him and Hugh Jackson as Jared Goff and Jeff Fisher of a couple of years ago, and certainly an ideal uh, analogy for Cleveland Browns fans. The trade deadline came and went yesterday with the Patriots not making any moves. Mr. Happy Pants Bill Belichick told radio station WEEI in Boston, quote, we like the roster we have right now, unquote. Wasn't a very good Belichick, but you get the idea. Real or fake? That's a, that's real news. They you like are fake roster. news. How yeah. about that? Fake news. Much better impression though. Belichick said, "We just got back a few hours ago from Buffalo, so we'll kind of." Hours ago from, we just got back a couple hours ago from Buffalo. <laughs> we're kind of going to recalibrate here and see <laughs> where it relative to who is available, and how we want to structure gonna... our game plan and what we want to do there. That's one of the things we're going to go through on Tuesday. But it's a consideration, and I'd say it's a concern. We're on to Green Bay. We're on to Green Bay. If you want to see a great quarterback in play, you should probably watch Sunday. I believe that's what, that's what else he said. That's very good. Uncle. The Dolphins are encouraged by the progress Ryan Tannehill has made and expect him to start Sunday against the Jets. Real or fake? Fake news. You are fake news. Extremely fake news. He is out once again for the Dolphins due to his lingering shoulder issue. So Brock Osweiler will once again get the start. The Red Sox had their World Series championship parade earlier today, at which their mild-mannered manager, Alex Cora, took a shot at the Yankees when he said, quote, we scored 16 in Yankee Stadium. Suck on it. Unquote. Real or fake? Real. They're real, and they're spectacular. Let's go to the tape. Think about it. The New York Yankees, yeah, the sky was falling. You know, we lost game two, and he was panicking here. Everybody was like, whoa, it's over. We scored 16 at Yankee Stadium. Suck on it. Alex Cora, I thought he was a very docile guy. Not anymore, apparently. Yay. What is the story with the Red Sox? Why are the Red Sox still playing New York, New York? That was like how many weeks ago? Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know. You just beat the Dodgers. You beat the Yankees a while back. 
It's like someone who keeps taking shots at their ex when there's really no need for them because they're flourishing and doing well. Correct. They just Correct. Can't I totally resist. agree with you. Yeah, very weird. Alex Cora must have uh, had a lot of Dunkin' Donuts coffee uh, earlier before that parade. Finally, students at the University of Maryland are outraged by the return of head football coach DJ Durkin, who was reinstated yesterday. Real or fake? Real. Yay. That they're is real it. and they're spectacular. Absolutely real. Maryland students are collectively furious. They are actually going to hold a protest against his reinstatement, demanding that he be fired. Uh, local Congress people are getting involved, alums, the media. I mean, one of the articles in the Washington Post. Don't let your sons play for DJ Durkin. So people are up in arms about their decision to reinstate him because, you know, a guy died. I don't understand this. I'm going to just sit here and I'm going to tell you I don't understand this. Like, I understand that Jordan McNair died. I understand that it's super, super sad. But it's not DJ Durkin's fault that he died. It's the medical people's fault that they didn't treat him for an hour when he was suffering from heat stroke. So why does DJ Durkin supposed to lose his job? That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb show. Like, I, I don't, Isaac, can you, can you, I mean, can you yeah, sure. explain I, to me? I, I think it happened under his watch, but I don't think that was the only thing that went into it. I think it's generally acknowledged that it was part of a bigger culture at that program. They so did think, a complete investigation and there were some things that were going on that were bizarre, but they're not fireable. I like, think sh- they are. Sh- what, why? They did a complete, they did a, comp- uh, they, they did a, they, they had a commission and a staff. We'll talk about this top of the hour. It was just, it's, it's crazy what's going on in Maryland. Plus. The Rockets getting worse, not better. We'll talk about it next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having an absolute great, happy Halloween. Hope your kids experience the thrills of a sugar high and then you put them to bed as they get the sugar low. If you're walking around with witch's brew, you have yourself a great night, man. It's happy Halloween. I I saw, uh, who was it? Uh, Man, he does, um, uh, what's his name? JB, oh gosh, music, help me out with this. Uh, He's a local, more of a local personality. I think JB does does Pac-12 stuff. Uh, JB Long. Right? J.B. Long is the voice of the Rams on uh, local radio, right? He actually says, uh, Proposition 1031, eliminate Halloween from the national calendar immediately. Uh, thankfully, this did not pick up a lot of steam. He does not have a ton of followers. Who doesn't like Halloween? What is there to not like about Halloween? I mean, next to Thanksgiving, Halloween, probably my favorite holiday that's an all candor now in fairness i'm jewish we do celebrate christmas my wife uh was raised southern baptist uh, but we don't really celebrate the religious aspect of christmas and i think part of my i like some of the parts about christmas and the holiday season but i think so oftentimes christmas for little kids is about the presents (laughs) whereas thanksgiving is about family and Halloween's about getting dressed up and having candy and having fun. 
going out with friends and saying trick or treat and decorating your house. Like, I don't know. It's running a strong number two as far as my favorite holiday. Ramos, you're 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 not an anti-Halloweenite, are you? No, 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 no. I, I love Halloween. Music? I mean, I know you're kind of in this tweener age now where it's creepy for you to go out and trick or treat. Um, and, you know, and now you said you didn't know what you're doing. Are you going to have to man the front door at your at your soon to be or not soon to be your future in-laws house that you're staying in that you're sleeping in? Uh, yeah, probably. Well, that's good. Son in law stuff. It's good. Son in law stuff. I have heard. I Look, I've never been single as an adult. I never. I got out of college. We got married in August uh, after we graduated in May. I've never really been, I've never been single as an adult. I have heard, I have heard that Halloween is a good night for the male bachelor. Is that accurate music? I have no idea. Uh, well, I mean, in college, it was fun. Other than that, when I was single, I was basically working every Halloween. So I don't really have anything to offer there. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Thanks. Thanks. Great feedback. That's awesome. Uh, I want to get to the to the to the Rockets getting worse, not better. When I think that's about. First of all, I want to reengage with Isaac Lohenkron. If Isaac is not crazy busy because he does do other stuff, th- there's this idea. Like, look, there's some Maryland football players, some other Maryland offensive linemen have come out and they've said, like, look, this is a joke. Why is DJ Durkin back at work? And my question is, why would you fire DJ Durkin? You know, he was he was completely uh, forthcoming with the investigation. And look, when you have an investigation, when you have a, a death on campus of one of your football players during a football activity, the the chances of you uh, of you re- maintaining your job very, very slim. The easy thing to do is to fire the head coach. So look, all I can tell you is in terms of what really happened and who's really to blame, if the board of regents, you know, had this, had this commission and had this investigation and they come out saying like, yes, DJ Durkin should return knowing the heat they're going to catch, knowing the fact they're already going to have to write a big check to Jordan McNair's family. Um, my guess is that he did he did what he was supposed to do. Uh, this is much like when there's sexual assault allegations against uh, players, and the only way a coach keeps his job if he actually does things by letter of the law, otherwise everybody loses their job. I don't. I, I, it's a tragedy. Jordan McNair got fired, but it's not the head coach's fault that people didn't properly assess in a a warm uh, warm spring day that the kid had a heat stroke. I just think that the standards should be different. If I was a head coach and someone, one of my players had a tragedy and passed away under my watch, even if I wasn't necessarily a hundred percent directly involved, but if it was a preventable death, I think a lot of people, a lot of people would have just flat out resigned themselves why would you resign because you're gonna give up your that makes no sense at all because I, a kid t- because a kid wasn't properly treated by medical if personnel it was preventable, it's your job the, 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 but the, it's not preventable by you that, it's not preventable by you he was under their care for an hour and they didn't treat him a lot of people it was like he was sitting there going like no water no help not that's not what happened even if i was the head coach and i wasn't directly responsible i think a lot of people their conscience would just not allow that and furthermore from a marriage Maryland perspective. Let's look at it a different way. How is their football program going to be able to recruit? How, how are parents going to be able to trust him as Brian a head Kelly coach said, after Brian this? Kelly 
put a kid up on a. On a That's absolutely on a true. That no, that is which, absolutely which to me, true. Which yeah. to me, he's far more responsible for than than DJ Durkin. Look, yeah. dude, here's the way it really works. Okay, you have a kid. He's heavy. He's an offensive lineman. This is a very talented, bright young kid. Okay. And they're going through conditioning. It wasn't super hot. It was like a, a, a 80 degree day. And he's, his body started failing. And the problem is anybody who's been, and the problem was obviously the, the strength coach was a psycho and they got rid of him. And that is your hire. They did have a longstanding relationship. But the fact is that when guys' bodies start to shut down on them and you're the head coach, and you're watching conditioning. I've seen it as a basketball player. You got to push guys through things. You got to push guys through walls. And the person whose job it is to make sure the guy is healthy is the head trainer. Not all the assistant trainers, not everybody else. And the team doctor. And they were both there. They're the ones who's responsible. Not the head football coach. That's not his job. Because you can't, there's no way to assess heat stroke. It didn't make sense that his body temperature went up to 106 degrees so that he didn't get treatment. But that wasn't the head coach's fault. And so you're not going to fall on the sword when somebody, it's a tragedy. Don't get me, you're going to feel awful, but you're not responsible for it. You're just not, it's just like uh, Rutgers had uh, a defensive player who's charged with a, a, trying to set up a double murder, right? And that, this just happened in, in Rutgers, a kid, he's from Linden, New Jersey. Like the, the coaching staff isn't responsible for that. You're just not, that's like not reasonable. And believe me, if, if in any way DJ Durkin had been in any way responsible for the lack of treatment that that Jordan McNair got, he would have been fired. That's my read on it. No matter no matter how weird it is that they showed videos of animals attacking oh, each yeah. other to try Ugh. and okay, but like, look, that's bizarre. But that's not fireable. It's not fireable. It's just not like I don't. And you ask how they're going to recruit. I just I think if you fire him, it's just as hard to find. I guess you hire Matt Canada, whatever. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I feel like we, we, we have, we always blame the top. That's what we do. We always blame the top, blame the people who are responsible. And had there been a list of complaints about the trainers mis, uh, misdiagnosing things, had there been a list of, of complaints about the, the strength coach uh, that had piled up on DJ Durkin's desk or that people had gone to other people in the athletic department then maybe, but apparently there are not. And so he returns his job. I think he'll still probably, he's probably gonna lose his job or, mm -hmm. or quit at the end of the year anyway, because there's such a pushback. I just think it's, I frankly think it's wrong because I, I read all this stuff and there wasn't any moment to which I didn't say, what the hell are the trainers doing? How, how did the head athletic trainer not become aware of this kid and wasn't proper? If he was properly treated, this wouldn't have been an issue, but he wasn't for over an hour and it wasn't under the coach's care or coach's watch. With that in mind, I think who comes out even worse here is the Maryland administration, particularly the board. A quote by the chairman of the Board of Regents, James T. Brady. There will be no third chance for any of those involved to get this right. I mean, what kind of a quote is that, especially in light of what happened to Jordan McNair? So I think that the administration and the Board of Regents actually comes across even worse with their tone deafness and their set of priorities. And I think the students and the community there are really holding them accountable. Yeah, I, I, I do think a little bit of this is social media I'm gone amok and this you know, the, kind of a the, the terms of the lynch mob mentality, right? Where we just like, look, the trainers have been placed on leave. I'm sure they're going to be fired. The strength coach was in fact fired. Um, but the statement does come out reading super, super weird. 
I mean, like, I, you know, everyone is so concerned. Like, part of the problem with DJ Durkin is people are like, well, he hasn't spoke, he didn't speak after Jordan, about Jordan McNair after Jordan McNair died. And I'm guessing that's because the university lawyers told him, you can't say anything. And what ends up happening is they say, well, DJ Durkin, he won't even talk about him. Like, well, he's not allowed to because his boss, like, listen, when things go wrong on a college campus and you work for a state university, I know my brother works for one, he's worked for like five of them. And I know because I've been on one and it, when it's a state university and there's Freedom of Information Act, whatever, you either do things the right way by the book, what the lawyers say, or you lose your job. And so my 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 very, very layman's assessment of this incredible tragedy is that if DJ Durkin was in any if they could find any tr- trace of, of true responsibility for his death, he would have been gone. And the reason that we haven't heard from him is because that's what they told him not to do. And yes, the Board of Regents, the. It just you're better to not say anything. But what happens is when you say the unpopular thing, we tweak it and make it a lot worse. All right, more. We'll cover that. It's the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, when, when Cooper Cup went down, you would have expected the Rams offense to slow down. OK. But uh, in steps, Josh Reynolds. Of course, Ramos had him on his fantasy team because Ramos knows more about the Rams than even the Rams themselves. He gets two touchdown passes against the Packers. We'll talk to him about it next, but first, you know it's not smart using your relatives to fill in while you're at work on your staff, right? Like my 12-year-old daughter, hey, you want to go do the radio show? I'm going to take a day off. That's probably not the smartest thing, or better yet, my dog, Odell Beckham Jr. Jr. You want to come fill in for me on the radio show? <laughs> for three hours straight. You know what is smart? Using ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology that scans thousands of resumes and identifies people with the right skills, education, experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. So when you get qualified candidates fast, that's why ZipRecruiter is ranked number one by employers in the U.S. And this rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a thousand reviews. Right now, my listeners can get ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. You ready for it? Okay, good. ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. One more time. ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You know, it's always fascinating to me on uh, on how the NFL, there's this, this expression, and uh, it was brought to popularity by John Feinstein's book, right? Next Man Up. And uh, that was, Next Man Up was they followed around uh, Brian Billick and the Baltimore Ravens for a year. And it's become kind of cliche in the National Football League, right? No, next man up. Guy goes down, next man up. Well, that's exactly what's happened for the Rams. Um, the Rams lose Cooper Cup to a concussion, and um, or excuse me, Cooper Cup to the knee injury, right? And people thought it was a lot worse than it's actually ended up being. And you started going like, well, there, there goes the Rams. There go, this is the kind of thing, dream season, potential undefeated season, there it goes. But there is a next man up. Uh, kind of philosophy in the NFL and who's having a be- better season to display that than our next guest. His name's Josh Reynolds. He's a wide receiver for the LA Rams who stepped in 
quite nicely. Two touchdown catches in the Rams' 29-27 victory over the Green Bay Packers at the LA Coliseum. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. What, Josh? Thanks so much for taking time. Happy Halloween to you. What, what's that like to like? You know, personally, like, we know Cooper. Cooper's a great dude. He goes down, and I think Rams fans everywhere, and you know, fantasy fans, football fans, like, oh, Rams are gonna. So to see a teammate go down and yet know you're going to get more opportunities. Yeah, I, I, I don't uh, appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, basically, you know, uh, you, you just got to stay ready. You know, uh, know all the techniques and, uh, and and fundamentals to your, you know, to your position that you got to fill in for. And, I mean, if you know that and, uh, you know, you don't have to relearn it, you know, you're learning it, you know, the, the – the priority plays that week, you know, you, you, you'll you be able to play fast. So, you know, that's what I was able to do. All the guys backed me up on it. And, uh, you know, we got some, we got some great completions. What's that, what's that like though, to be lining up and holy hell, it's the LA Coliseum. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm now one of the go-to guys for the Rams against the Green Bay Packers. That was the game that everybody's watching like, look, you've been in the league. This is not your first rodeo, but to have that sort of presence in this type of game, what's, what are those emotions like for you? Oh, man, you, they're, they were up and down. But, uh, you know, being a, being a, a ball player, you try not to try not to soak and, um, and reflect on emotions and stuff. You just, uh, you know, you kind of rely on your ability and, and uh, like I said, the fundamentals and techniques and stuff. Uh, uh, for the plays and and all that, so uh, you know, it, it definitely was a mo- an emotional time. You know, it was awesome being able to contribute, like I mean, c- contribute like that for a for a team win and and uh, you know, taking that one week at a time. You know, now we're focusing on the Saints. What I I didn't even look at. What were your touchdown celebrations? Do you even, what what did you even do? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do nothing. Did nothing. You know, I'm more of a I'm more of a you know, act like I've been there kind of guy. Yeah, I might. Did you did you have a plan? Did you have a plan, and you just choked because of the moment, or are you really like I'm just gonna because you're laughing underneath your breath? It sounds like you wanted. You said like, look, if I score a touchdown, I'm gonna do this, and then you're like, oh my god, I scored a touchdown. What do I do with the football? (laughs) No, no, I I really didn't have anything planned. It was it was kind of I was kind of going into it like you know if I do give me a little touchdown, then uh, you know it's whatever whatever comes to comes to mind at that at that moment. You know, at at that moment, nothing came to mind other than let's go celebrate with my teammates. And and in in fairness, like this has been a long time. Even in college, like Christian Kirk kind of overshadowed. Like you were a very highly touted guy. Like I know enough about A and M football to where you guys had a ton of dudes, but you were always a guy that had to kind of wait your turn for the spotlight. Is that is that a fair assessment of like what's happened to you in the NFL? Is not terribly dissimilar to what happened at A and M, right? Yeah, correct, and that's why you know a lot. A lot of people ask me, you know, how how am I, how do I, you know, cope with, you know, you know, not getting the amount of reps and then coming in having to fill in. You know, it's it's it's, it's kind of the same thing that I, I was I, I was doing at A and M. Aside from you know having to come in off the bench, you know, it's just you know I just wasn't that guy. But you know, whenever my my name was called to make some plays, you know, I, I was I was able to make some plays. That's a sign of a true professional. Josh Reynolds joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, I think that what happens Sunday, and you tell me if I'm wrong, 
this was the big question mark for this team was how you guys would handle adversity, right? Because, um, because look, you have the big names in Indomitian come over and in Marcus Peters come over and Akib Talib come over and there's some big name, big personalities. And like, look, when things are going good and you're dominating teams and you're blowing them out like you did, you know, the Raiders to start the season or the Chargers, like it's easy to be a good teammate. You get down 10, nothing. And now all of a sudden, sometimes some teams, there starts to be the finger pointing. How did you guys get this thing back going the right way when the offense was struggling early on? Uh, it just, that just shows you, you know, that, that's just one uh, one example of how close we are as an offense and as a, as a team. Um, because you know, through all the adversity, all the all the three and outs and stuff, we you know, nobody panicked. You know, no nobody on the team panicked. Nobody on the coaching staff panicked. And you know, we uh, we basically strapped our boots up and, and made some adjustments and and started uh, executing them and, and that's when we started getting the ball getting the ball going and that's when our offense started started moving. Now did you have an did you go to Todd Gurley's Halloween party? I, I did. Yeah. Now did you have an invite before you became a starter? Or did all of a sudden did they give you that <laughs> did he give you that last second invite like oh hey Josh Josh listen now that you're playing and catching touchdown bats you can come to my party. Um you know uh uh, luckily, my locker's uh, right, right, right on the other side of his, so he had no choice but to invite me before uh, before I got named a starter. And what'd you wear? What'd you what'd you wear? Uh, I was a I was a lion tamer, like at a at a carnival. You had? A, did you have a whip? Yeah, my girlfriend was a lion. I like that. I like that. You had the whip. You had the whip going. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, who had who had the best outfit? Oh man, it, it it might it might have been a tie between uh between uh Jared and, and Tyler Higby. Uh I Jared saw was, was Malibu most one one. Yeah. It. Yeah, and he he, he 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 tweeted out don't be hating. Uh yeah. what was what was what was Tyler Higby? Uh he's the um what was the guy? Guy Vieri. Oh, oh, he's got the, the yeah, Guy yeah, Fieri, the 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 the, yeah. the chef with the diners, yeah, drivings, yeah. and dives. Yeah, with the with the blonde hair, the the the, the goatee, all that. That's that's oh, pretty man. that's that's pretty pretty strong stuff. Yeah. Uh, you are look, you're a Texas kid, Texas high school, John Jay, and of course Tyler Community College before A and M. How's SoCal life treating you? Oh man, it's awesome. You know, uh, coming up coming up with the humidity. You know, coming out here, I don't have to deal with any of that. It's just Perfect, perfect seventy-seven degree weather. I don't, you know, great cool breeze. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, it also helps when you're winning, though, too, right? Like it's all that stuff yeah. is awesome, but it's a lot better when there's all those dubs and and nothing by the L call, isn't it? Oh, uh, exactly, exactly. Okay, so now you got. And this is a really tough stretch of the season. Saints, then Seahawks, then Chiefs, then on the road to Lions and Bears. And you tell me, this is your second year in the league. Is it different when you guys come into somebody's building than it was last year when no one really knew what to expect from McVeigh and from Goff? Uh yeah, def- definitely a lot different. You know, a lot more different because uh, you know, now that we're you know we're, we're the top team, everybody's trying to beat. You know, every every team every week's going to come with that with that chip on their shoulder, that edge to to knock the number one team off. So. Uh, you know, we we always have to treat each week the same. You know, it doesn't matter who we're playing. Uh, you know, each week has to be the same in, in our preparation and and fundamentals. All right, what'd you do with the two touchdown balls? 
Oh, man, I didn't even get that. Wait, I what? I didn't even get it. I didn't even get it. You, you, you didn't, you, you don't have, you don't have your, your touchdown footballs? I, I don't. I like, don't. this is, this is, I know you got one last year, but the, the yeah. two in one game in a big game, and you, 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 you see, so you did choke. That's true. You had a, I'm sure you had a whole celebration planned and a whole, <laughs> like, you got shelves and in back in your apartment and you completely choked. That's what, that's really what happened. I didn't choke and I didn't, you know, I didn't get the ball. I didn't get my good picture for the dance. You know, yeah, it, it was a, it was, it was a fast time, you know, fast time. It it does it does happen really fast. Uh, did you know that that Gurley was going to go down? Everybody thought Gurley was going to go in the end zone. He goes down. You guys are up two. Gurley goes down. It's celebrated as a team first play. Did you know that's what was supposed to happen? Ah, uh, yes, I did. We uh, we we go over a situational situational ball just about every week. So and then uh, and then we talked about it uh, before and before the the uh, before the ball was snapped in the huddle and. And so everybody was on the same page, and uh, you know, Todd being the situational master, he is uh, got down, and, and we was able to secure the win. See, I just thought, and I understand that the game was over. I just thought you also could have scored a touchdown, go up eight, kick the field goal, extra point up nine, and the game's over there too. But yeah, yeah, any 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 anything you could do to keep uh, number twelve from from being able to go down there and. You know, get a drive. You know, that's that's what we, that's what we were thinking. Fair enough. You, you you that's your first time seeing twelve in person. What what's that like to watch? Man, it, oh, history, man. It's it's awesome. Just 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 seeing a great, you know, one of the greats play. It's it's something that you always you know you always wish for as a kid, and then being able to play on the same field, you know, it's awesome. And catch two touchdown passes and get the yeah. win. Josh, congrats <laughs> on the dub. Best of luck against the Saints. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Josh Reynolds joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, I mean, that's it does. Sports happens so fast. That's the one thing about the NFL. And I know all of you guys, uh, Isaac, I'm sure you've been down kind of field level. Like when you watch the NFL in person, it's there are a lot of starts and stops because of TV. But the actual game action and man, that thing happens fast. Like, you know, you're driving, you're driving, you're driving, and they snap it. They get to the line of scrimmage so much more quickly than they used to, and they throw it, and then you're in the end zone, and you're celebrating, and now all of a sudden they're in the PAT. You're like, man, I, I forgot to keep the football. Let's get to Isaac Lowenkron to find out what else is going on in sports. Has Jimmy Butler been traded yet? Not yet. We are checking as we speak private airplane tracking websites just to make sure the flights between Minneapolis and Houston. So not as of yet. He is definitely not playing tonight for the Timberwolves against the Jazz. And with Butler in the midst of that trade demand, conflicting reports about whose decision it was for him not to play tonight. Well, Fox Sports Radio's Karan Butler spoke with Jimmy Butler and set the record straight earlier today on The Herd here on Fox Sports Radio. Why isn't he playing tonight? It's a mutual decision from tips and front office in itself you know he's he's he said he's restless he's tired he's a little banged up and it was a mutual agreement to rest him tonight against Utah in the National Football League where the trading deadline came and went yesterday Dolphins head coach Adam Gase today ruled out Ryan Tannehill for Sunday's contest against the Jets due to a shoulder injury Brock Osweiler will once again start in his place. Finally at his press conference today Detroit Lions head coach Matt Patricia who dressed up for Halloween as a woolly mammoth with a pencil in its ear got te- oh, excuse me <laughs> excuse me I'm sorry I'm told in my ear 
Patricia actually did not dress up for Halloween this year. Oh, well. Anyway, Patricia got testy with a reporter because of the reporter's slouching posture. Listen. Why do you think this makes your franchise better? Um, yeah, do me a favor. Just kind of sit up and just, like, have a little respect for the process. Every day you come in and ask me questions and you just kind of, like, you know, give me this. But, I mean, like, just, just be a little respectful. Just I'm asking just to be a little respectful in this whole process, okay? So ask me a question professionally and I'll answer it for you. Said the pot to the kettle. Doug, back to you. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Lohenkron defending his fellow slouching uh, beat guys from, from Detroit. Like, look, we got to stand up. He's like, look, I got to cover this crummy-ass team for 20 years, right? I got to live in Detroit in this crummy-ass city, right? Like, give me a break here, right? <laughs> Doug, look, when you and I go out to games, we all yes. we we look good, relatively speaking. But as you know, and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, yes. there are a lot of people who share our general profession who do not necessarily look good when they go out to games and practices. True. No, listen, I'm I'm defending the beat reporter, um, but I also I do understand. I I guess I the, the Patricia's deal is just I don't know to say it to say it in public. That's one of those things like, look, all these NFL teams have a PR guy and they have a couple of PR guys. And honestly, one, they're all in on the on the team. And a lot of times they're, they're so pro team, it can be a little uncomfortable. But there's a way in which you can utilize those guys to which you call a guy over and like, hey, do me a favor. Every time Jimmy asks a question, I mean, he's got like half a donut on his face and he looks like, you know, he, he he's slouching. I can barely hear him. It's. It's inaudible. It's not a good question. Can you just do me a favor? I like the guy. I want to help the guy, but my goodness, it's kind of disrespectful how how he tr- how he treats what you know that we're we're on TV or whatever. Could you go? That's the way in which you do it. But instead, you call a guy out in front of all of the guys he works with, and I just I don't I don't. I, that's where I'm completely in agreement with agreement with you. I understand his frustration. I understand his frustration. Um, but I would also say that that's just not time and place and way in which you do it. There's this thing about people that are uh, super heavy most of their life. And you'll see a lot of guys who are really, really heavy. You know, they lose a bunch of weight and they look great. And they still have lingering back, hip, knee, joint issues. And so here's the... Here's the advice I can give you. And this is now, you know, once you hit your late thirties and into forties, whether you're a former athlete or a guy who just wants to be an athlete now, before you start kind of going hardcore, trying to be in great shape and play a sport or, you know, do some high level of competition. Like the, the piece of advice I have for you is get your weight at an appropriate level before you do it. Because, Technically, you don't pull a hamstring because you're 10 pounds overweight or tear your knee because you're 15 pounds overweight or blow out a, an Achilles tendon or any of these injuries. Like, there's other reasons, but you're more likely to hurt your knee, back, hip, Achilles tendon, any of the stuff if your body is just off. And if you're a little bit, you know, top heavy, you're a little bit thick thicker than you should be, you're more likely to get hurt. And then once you get hurt, what do you do? Because you, you know, now you can't move. Now you're going to put on more weight and it becomes a vicious cycle. Well, there are some guys that they've lost a bunch of weight 
and they still can't they, they still can't shake the fact that they were they were heavy for 10 years or they smoke guys that smoke for 10 years and all of a sudden like I haven't touched a cigarette in 15 years and now I got some sort of emphysema or a guy was heavy for 10 years and he's and now he's been thin for 10 years and he's got some sort of heart or um you know you got some sort of cholesterol issue the fact is that if you carry too much weight for too long even when you once you get in shape you're still you're still almost going to be penalized for all of that time which you're overweight that's carmelo anthony in the nba there's two things with melo here um first is you know he he was never big on diet never big on being in great shape he was always just in good enough shape and a good enough score to where you get him the basketball and he'd get you buckets. And, and I feel for him in his plight, right? Like he's at a, he's a type of, of score who is not utilized nearly as much now. Uh, even if he was in his prime as he used to be like, I'm not sure Tim Duncan would be Tim Duncan if Tim Duncan was playing now. Cause Tim Duncan, like He's a, he's a power forward center, score at the block, score at the high post sort of guy. Tim Duncan didn't shoot threes. Now, would he learn to shoot threes? I guess. But would he be as effective? No. Tim Duncan was great. Throw it to him at the block. He'd throw it off the window and it would go in. So some of this is the evolution of basketball. Some of it is Mello was out of shape or not in great shape for so long that now his body, even though he's, you know, early, mid-30s, his body isn't reacting well to being in better shape, to playing at a faster pace because he carried a little bit too much weight, was a little bit out of shape for far too long. Even now when he gets in shape, his body doesn't, doesn't act like somebody who's in shape. I look at the Rockets and I, I listen, I understand. I, I heard Jason Smith, who of course uh, hosts a show at night, say, you know, the Rockets aren't going to get any better. Well, that's not true. They don't have James Harden. They're going to get better. But last year, the, the, they were second in scoring at 112 a game. And they allowed only 104 points per game. This year, they're scoring only 106 a game, allowing 116 a game. Is it all mellow? No. No. I mean, some of it is you haven't had Harden for half the year because of, or less than half the year because of injury. You know, some of it is you've lost an Ariza who's a defensive stopper. Some of it is that Gordon struggled with his role. Some of it is mellow. But you're shooting 41% as a team. That's 29th in the NBA. It's next to last. You're tied for 21st in three-point percentage. You've gotten worse three-point shooting. They've gotten, everybody else has gotten better. And you're allowing far better field goal percentage defense. 49% field goal shooting. That, that's like a layup drill. Now, again, this is not all about Mello, but it, I told you when they got him, it's addition by subtraction. And he's still starting. And this is one of those, we made the promise and we'd start him and we'd see how it worked out. Like it wasn't, this is why the Thunder got out of the mellow business. He can't start anymore. And honestly, it's hard to find a role for him as a backup player. Because in order to be a bench player, yeah, you're competing against inferior players. They're not as good a guy as coming off the bench. That's why they come off the bench for a reason. And you, can, you have a shorter period of time to play. So in theory, in theory, if you give him fewer minutes, he's in better shape, better condition. Even at his age, he can play harder defensively and he can be more effective offensively. But that's in theory. In practice, Carmelo Anthony has been one player 
since early on in high school up until last year. And that player is give me the ball and I will get you a bucket. That's been his role. That was his role at Syracuse. That was his role with the Nuggets. That's been his role with the Knicks. That's, that's his role with Team USA. He's the all-time leading scorer in the history of Team USA. He is a bucket getter. And when you're going to tell somebody to, hey, listen, we want you to play half as many minutes, shoot a better percentage, shots that you're not necessarily comfortable in, play harder defensively, and oh yeah, by the way, you're not going to get a chance maybe to finish games or to start games, like that's really hard for a guy. And then you carry over the baggage of never really being in shape. Your game hasn't really evolved to 2018. He's still fighting the health battle of five years ago. Like there's a reason that his body broke down so many years in New York because he wasn't ever in great shape. I remember I was reading some men's health magazine and it was like Carmelo Anthony's pregame meal was like pancakes, syrup, pasta. I was like, dude, who is he? Five? Yeah, I would eat pancakes before a game, but it's terrible for you. <laughs> so we, we told you that this is, this is a, a very strong possibility. They will get better. They will get better. But they have addition by subtraction. Add Carmelo Anthony, you know, lose Luke Mbamute, lose Trevor Ariza, and they've gone from second in scoring to 26th in scoring. They've gone from mid-pack in field goal percentage to bottom of the league in field goal percentage and field goal percentage defense. Nick Wright thinks that Jerry Jones has already made up his mind about Dak Prescott. We'll discuss next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. 877-99-FOX is the phone number. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day this time, we like to play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports One, we call it. And now, <laughs> what does the Fox say? Morning show on Fox Sports One is called First Things First. Nick Wright is one of the stars. He said this about the Cowboys after the trade deadline. Jerry's decided on Dak. Like, you're, the reason I was leaning forward to hear what you wanted to say about the Amari Cooper thing was the best argument for overpaying for Amari Cooper, which they did by giving up a first-round pick, especially when you see what other guys at the deadline went for, thirds and fourths and sevenths. The best argument was we got to find out about the quarterback. You're paying a premium because you want to find out if you got the quarterback. Man, Jerry's done decided about the quarterback. Jerry has decided. Dak Prescott, he said it. He's proven it to me. I, I don't need more information about Dak. He's the only person who doesn't need more information about Dak, but he's also the only vote that counts. He's the only the mm. he, there might be a board of directors, but it's five people and Jerry's got three of the votes. So then why so give I, up a first round pick? Because they because he also not only does he think that he's got his quarterback, because he thinks he's got his quarterback, he thinks they can win the division. Well, so okay, so Jerry's saying we're three and four, but what we are, in his eyes, is not a quarterback away. We're a number one wide receiver away. Um, I'm going to disagree here just because he hasn't, if he had made his decision, um, I don't know how you make a decision when you've lost three of your last five games. So when you're three and four on the season, your quarterback hasn't played well much of the year. I think what this does is it eliminates excuses from the coaching staff and eliminates excuses from the quarterback. Uh, and that, yeah, do they have some issues in the offensive line? Sure. They also remember fired their offensive line coach. 
So if you think making a trade midseason and overpaying for Amari Cooper and firing your offensive line coach in the exact same week is a, is a sign that you're stable at quarterback, that you know what you have, I must be reading a different set of tea leaves than Nick Wright's reading. I think he's disappointed with the offense, and I, don't, I think you, you don't know if it's we, that they didn't replace Dak. That's a problem. That the offensive line's not as good as it used to be, that's a problem. And that the quarterback play isn't as profound as it should be, that's a problem. Like, look, right now, Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott is the third best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, excuse me, third best quarterback in the NFC East. Third best. That's behind Alex Smith. And if you think that's good enough for Jerry Jones, uh, especially Jerry Jones in which he has to pay him uh, uh, after the season, a huge uh, contract extension, I'm going to beg to differ. I think this is the ultimate in, hey, we're going to go out and overspend on a wide receiver because we think we have a franchise quarterback, but we won't know until we see them all play together. What does the fuck say? Does that make sense? I just, I don't, I don't feel like it's a known. He's a, I think if you know anything, you know, he doesn't have it and you got to cover up for it by going out and getting better players. But I, I, I think reasonable minds have told me in the NFL you're only going to know if you give him a real number one wide receiver, you give him a running game, and you fix the offensive line, and they've tried to address two of those three, and they already think they have the running game, especially if they have the offensive line fixed. So take that for what it's worth. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Getting ready for Halloween. Music is going to be manning the in-laws' front door. Ramos, how do you handle giving out candy? Do you give out candy? Do you have somebody come over to the house? Do you have a grandparent give out candy? How do you handle that? Yes, my mother likes to give out candy along with Sarah. Sarah will give out, she loves giving out candy better than accepting candy. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I, um, I'm seen as the candy Nazi around my house. <laughs> no. Because no, what happened was, the fir- one of the first times I ever got to trick or treat with my kids was, um, was our first year here in 2000. I mean, actually, it was our second year here, it was 2013. So 2013, let's see here. My son was, he was like four or five. And my daughters were eight. He was maybe four. They were eight. Or they were, they were seven. And we go trick or treat. And the first house we hit up, they give us those super-sized, like, king-sized Twix bars or king-sized Milky Ways. Now, remember, they're four and seven at the time. And they bust those suckers open. And they're, I'm like, all right, well, you get... You get to eat one big bar of candy. And they're like, one? And my wife basically told me to go back home and hand out candy if you're going to be if you're gonna be a Scrooge. And I was like, do you know how big that candy is? So people, my, my family generally thinks that I'm too harsh in terms of the, the amount of sugar intake. Now, I do. I have one that's definitely afraid of eating too much candy and getting her stomach sick. My son kind of has that same sort of thing, so they have a pretty good. And then my daughter Harper, she she basically has run on candy here for the last three days, and she'll run on candy until she passes out tonight. But we have a DJ Marshmallow. Um, one of my daughters, Grace. I don't know. She's a some sort of cartoon. One of the what says Japanese anim, anime anime um, uh, anime anime. There's a there's a cat character from a Japanese anime show that she's going as. And then uh, my daughter Harper is going as a boxer with all of her friends. They're all going as female boxers. So I don't know. I haven't decided to dress up yet. I may go as me because, you know, (laughs) I'm pretty scary as it is. 
pretty scary as it is. Greg Cosell will join us upcoming next. We had his take on all of these trades in the National Football League. Um, I'm going to ask him about uh, Amari Cooper, how he fits in with the Dallas Cowboys. I think we got to figure out exactly what Demarius Thomas will bring to the Houston Texans. And then there's Golden Tate. Golden Tate added to the Philadelphia Eagles. Last year, they go out and get Jay Ajayi. This year, they get Golden Tate. How will he fit in with the Eagles offense? Greg Cosell watches more film than anybody I know. He'll break it down for us next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Happy Halloween, Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're ready to have an outstanding Halloween. No, you cannot go out until it's dark. Actual dark. Please drive slowly. There's lots of little kids and big kids with um, witch's brew. No, that's, that's witch's brew. That's for mommies and daddies. It's witch's brew. Yeah, you will turn into a witch or a goblin or a ghoul if you drink it. Adults, we have uh, built up a resistance to it. Uh, it's witch's brew that's, that's in that... Uh, that's in that goblet of fire. Happy Halloween to you. Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Getting ready to find out if Jimmy Butler might be moved. Is that why he's uh, the, the, the Rockets stink? They're willing to move mountains to get him. And all of a sudden he's not playing. Coming off a win over the Lakers. Huh? Huh? It's at least interesting. At least interesting. Man, do we have a great show for you. Um, if you're just joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb show, we had Josh Reynolds from the Rams. We had Danny Cannell. You can download... Either of those two on the podcast, Doug Gottlieb Show podcast, foxsportsradio.com, or the iHeartRadio app. Coming up in 15 minutes, the new skipper of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Brad Osmus, will join us. This is the last year that Mike Trout is under contract, I believe. What can he do to keep Mike Trout? And what did he learn from the series? What did he learn from his own time as a manager previously in Major League Baseball? Brad Osmus will join us upcoming in 15 minutes. Every week, we're so pleased to be joined by Greg Crosell, works for NFL Films, watches the All-22, tells us what we're really, really missing because we're just watching normal TV tape. We're just civilians. We don't know. He absolutely knows. He joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. And I want to start with a couple of the trades that took place. Golden Tate. Now, he wasn't the first choice of the Eagles. I believe that was Amari Cooper, but the asking price was too high. So they go and get Golden Tate. Greg, how do you think Golden Tate fits in with what the um, uh, what the Eagles are going to try and do? I think Doug, he fits in really well. Because I think at their core, what Doug Peterson really wants to do as a foundation is the short passing game with run after catch. And I think they thought that Nelson Aguilar coming off last season would provide that dimension. It hasn't really worked. So right now, the Eagles have a great tight end in Ertz, a solid wideout in Alshon Jeffrey, and really not much else at the receiver position. So Tate fits what they want to do because he's really built like a running back. He's very good in the screen game, in the outside receiver screen game, what we call bubble screens or tunnel screens. And I think that his run after catchability really fits the Eagles offense well. All right. Same question for Demarius Thomas. Now, look, the thing is, I, I think, I think Denver feels like they got a cheaper version that, uh, that, that there's not that much drop off. But with Will Fuller out, how does Demarius Thomas replace Fuller in terms of his skill set? 
Well, he doesn't. He's different. And they know that because Fuller is a vertical dimension. He He's improved as a route runner, but clearly Fuller is a receiver that can take the top off the coverage and that always aids an offense. Now, Thomas is not that guy, but I think they felt they needed a quality professional receiver opposite DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think at this point in his career Fuller commands uh, excuse me, uh, Thomas commands double teams, but he's still a quality professional receiver, and they needed to prevent Hopkins from being doubled consistently and eliminating him as a uh, an 8-10 to 10, uh, target guy a week. So that's why they made the trade for Thomas. Ryan Fitzpatrick is back as starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Jameis Winston, obviously four interceptions, earns himself a spot on the bench. Was it uh, better better than it looked on TV when you watched the film, or was it worse? It was a little worse. He probably could have thrown more. They're just in a really tough situation because when moves like this are made, they're made with the idea that you're trying to win games this year, and very often that's because the head coach and, by extension, the GM are looking to save their jobs. But you could also take the point of view, Doug, that they know what Ryan Fitzpatrick is, unless they feel they absolutely know what Jameis Winston is, and maybe they do, but unless they feel that they do, then all they're trying to do is win a couple of extra games this year, because Ryan Fitzpatrick will not be the future of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, Cleveland makes a coaching change, and they make a change with their offensive coordinator as well. Look, I think the defense has has some talent, but it's been a uh, um, you know Greg Williams style is to go after the football, and they've been really successful. They're number one in turnover margin, but the overall defensive numbers aren't great. Offensively, no. they've they've been very very conservative, run the football a ton. But if you get rid of your head coach, who's an offensive guy, you get rid of your offensive coordinator, and you promote a guy who's never been a a play caller in the NFL, it feels like they're going to run the bowl game offense. You know, they're going to take a lot of chances. Is that crazy to think they take a lot of chances against Kansas City? Um. I don't know. They're going to do that or they're going to go the opposite way and just try to run the ball. Because one thing that stood out watching their tape against Pittsburgh, uh, a lot of free rushers at Baker Mayfield. And that's a problem schematically. Now, some could be on Mayfield, clearly. Uh, it, it all depends on how they structure their protections. And sometimes when you're watching tape, you don't know that for sure. But what you do know is there are not supposed to be free rushers as often as there were. So they could certainly take the approach against a good pass rush team like Kansas City. That's not necessarily high percentage blitz, but they're a good pass rush team that, you know what, we're going to try to settle things down. Uh, I think that game's in Cleveland. So they're going to try to run the ball. You take the approach, the old school approach, Doug, shorten the game. Now, obviously, the Chiefs are still going to get possessions. Shorten the game only works if your defense does a good job because the other team still will get nine or ten possessions as opposed to 12. If they score four touchdowns in those nine or ten possessions, you still have to score points. But I think that they might take that approach. Hmm. Greg Cosell joining us. How long have you done this? Twenty Over 20 years? How long? This is my 39th season at NFL Jesus. Films. Wow. Uh, okay, so you've seen all the incarnations of Norv Turner, right? Yeah. You go back. You go back to to Cowboys loaded up uh, play action with Emmett Smith and and Moose Johnston to you know, throw it to Alvin Harper or to the Michael or Irvin to, or to Michael Irvin. Like, look, he's always he's he's always been a he likes he uses fullbacks. He likes play action. He likes deep drops. He, he seems to be evolving or. 
uh, changing his offense some to fit Cam Newton's skill set. Am I crazy? Like, you've watched it 39 mm-hmm. years, so you've watched all different parts of Norv Turner. How different is Norv Turner's offense with this team as opposed to Vikings and Browns and Cowboys and Chargers and Raiders, all those in the past? It's clearly different because he's playing to the skill set of his quarterback. Uh, now, there's still some route concepts that are clearly Norv Turner route concepts where he uh, throws the ball on deep digs in the middle of the field, which is, by the way, a throw Newton makes extremely well. But he has a quarterback who's a great running dimension, and it's very difficult to defend that. So what he's done is he sort of continued what the previous staff has done over the past number of years, and he's using all these backfield actions and all these multidimensional run game elements that feature the quarterback as part of it. So you now have to defend the quarterback. That's the thing, uh, is you have to defend the quarterback as a runner. So he's, he's using those. So the offense looks different than a Norv Turner offense because of that, but he's playing to the strengths of his quarterback. And the quarterback, we can say what we want about Cam Newton. He's never going to be as precise a thrower as a Drew Brees or a Tom Brady. He's not that guy, but he's kind of a different talent and you want to play to that no question about it Greg Coast self metafel films joining us doug gottlieb show fox sports radio some have been critical of kirk cousins saying like look there's still that one or two throws a game and even when we watch stefan diggs quit in a crossing route against man to man you know cousins still shouldn't shouldn't have thrown it and yeah adam thielen fumbled but you know there's always that one mistake or two mistakes that cousins makes you watch all of these films how do you believe Kirk Cousins is playing, one, based upon his contract, and two, in comparison to quarterbacks they've had in, previously in Minnesota? Well, to me, Doug, and I'm being honest, the contract is a media conversation. You know, I, I don't think that doesn't impact how I watch Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is a very solid professional quarterback. I think that every once in a while he'll make a throw that you go, hey, what are you doing? And then that he may be that guy for his whole career, but not enough where you say he's problematic. I think when all said and done, he needs a multidimensional offense that features a run game as well. I don't think that Kirk Cousins should be dropping back more than 40 times a game, which he's done, I think, in at least five of, uh, of his games this year. Uh, they haven't been able to run the ball with great consistency. They ran it really well against Arizona a few weeks ago uh, when I think Murray had over 150. But for the most part, the run game has been erratic and inconsistent, and I think he's being asked to drop back too many times. I don't think that he's the kind of quarterback that can do that. Let's go to the game of the week. That's the uh, Green Bay Packers taking on the New England Patriots. Why the Packers offense stall late there against the uh, against the Rams? I don't know if it necessarily stalled. Um, you know, I think the Packers are another team that's an odd team offensively. They come out in this game and they run the ball with Aaron Jones. Counting the first play of the second quarter, Jones already had seven rushes at that point, and, and they'd run the ball very effectively. It was a game they were ahead a good part, and then they abandoned the run game. Now, I think when you have a quarterback like Rodgers, it's very easy to say, let's put the ball in his hands. But again, it's very difficult to drop back any quarterback, and we know Rodgers is extremely talented, maybe the most talented in the league, but it's still too hard to do that. First of all, they didn't run a lot of plays in this game. Keep that in mind. It's very hard to get into a rhythm because the Rams ran well over 70 plays, and I think the Packers ran about 50. That's a very low number, and that impacts your ability to develop a rhythm to your offense, and your offense becomes individual play-based, and every play becomes magnified. 
Great stuff. Uh, Greg Cosell joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. It's hard to tell because there was such a thorough level of dominance against the Bills on the defensive side. But as we continue to watch the New England Patriots offense evolve, uh, they're able to win without Sony Michelle, but they obviously need that power running game. You and I have discussed before. Yep. What are your thoughts on this Patriots offense as they will get Michelle back healthy? Well, it wasn't very good this week. Uh, the Bills' defense was better than the Patriots' offense this week. They had, they were able to generate a pass rush with four. They got Brady early in the game being uncomfortable. He started to play a little fast. That happens to Brady a couple of times every year. It happened in this game. Now, he certainly made a couple of very good throws uh, when he had to, and that's Tom Brady. But overall, he was not a comfortable player in this game. The Bills' D-line dominated the Patriots' O-line. And it, it, Bill Belichick is telling you where they stand with their run game because on the first series, Cordero Patterson was their eye back, and they came back to that on the series, the fourth quarter series in which they scored a touchdown. So they're struggling a bit. It's a concern right now. They need to get Sony Michelle back. Keep in mind, he was kind of the driving force of their offense in those three consecutive games that he, I think, had 25, 18, and 24 carries. Uh, last thing, the Dallas Cowboys add Amari, Amari Cooper as their wide receiver. Does he fix what, fix what ails the Cowboys' offense? Uh, fix is a relative term. He makes them better because he's better than what they're going to than they were putting out there previously. I think at his core, their offensive coordinator, Scott Linehan, would like to line up with three wide receivers and one back. Cooper now gives them the opportunity to do that. And as I said, he's better than what they were putting out there. The big question now is how does Dak Prescott handle it? Will they throw more? That's the question. And they'll have to determine that because I don't think they wanted to throw a whole lot. Will they throw more now that they have a better wide receiving core? Greg, great stuff, man. I just love listening to you talk football. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Appreciate it, Doug. Thanks a lot. All right, Greg Cosell joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Best player in baseball is Mike Trout. So that's a kind of good thing to inherit when you're a new manager. The new skipper of the Angels tells us if they can build a team around Trout and how he plans on using Shohei Otani coming off Tommy John's surgery. Brad Osmus is our guest. Next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, I think Ryan Music and I are the only two Angel fans in uh, national sports radio. Is that, is that about accurate, Music? I'm trying to think if there's anybody I can think of. Um, that's a hard one. But, but there are, the one thing, about, one thing about baseball is everybody's kind of a Mike Trout fan, right? Like, that, that was, that's the thing that jumps out when you... When you watch the World Series and you listen to Manny Machado talking about, hey, you know, the hustling thing, not really my cup of tea. I'm like, that's funny because Mike Trout, it is his cup of tea. Like, he understands. So when you get a job like managing the Angels and you have Trout and, when healthy, Shohei Otani, I mean, pitching and hitting incredible talents. But the Angels haven't been able to figure it out and you're replacing the longest tenured manager in Major League Baseball is a huge undertaking. But Brad Osmus is 
the club's 17th manager. And he's kind enough to spend some time with us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Brad, I know it's been a, a whirlwind, um, but I guess this means you passed the written test, right? I did. I didn't. I haven't got my results, but I must have done okay. Yeah, yeah. So for people who just who didn't know, like the Angels apparently gave out a written test. Can you, like, what was on the test? You know, I mean, a lot of it was uh, quantitative, stuff like that. Uh, some baseball stuff, but it, you know, it wasn't really a test. I wouldn't describe it that way. It was actually more. They gave you some questions ahead of time, and gave you time to kind of go through them and answer them. And then they were just talking points later. We just, you know, they went back to those questions, but it wasn't really a, like a test that you, you took and handed in and they graded. How much different are you now than from when you were managing the Tigers? Uh, well, I definitely, I think to me, experience is a huge asset in the game of baseball and, and the experience of managing Detroit. Uh, I just don't, I don't see how it can't be uh, a benefit to me uh, because you, experience situations, whether it's dealing with people in the clubhouse or, or dealing with the media. And uh, now instead of uh, instead of having to think about them or maybe reacting poor, poorly to them, uh, you've already gone through them and you can, you can go back in your memory bank and say, all right, this is how I reacted the last time this arose. I didn't like what I did or I did like what I did and make the adjustment, uh, hopefully in the new gig with the Angels. Yeah, and then uh, th- there is this similarity. I mean, for, when you came in, the 2013 Tigers were so loaded. I mean, man, I mean, the roster, and then obviously Dombrowski and the, some of the assets started to, to kind of go elsewhere. But you, you're replacing Jim Leland, who's a legend in the game, and now you're replacing a Mike Sosha, who's a legend in the game and a legend in Anaheim. What's that like to walk into a clubhouse or to walk into a front office where this guy's been there for almost two decades? What's, what's that like to replace those type of people? Um, you know, they're both great managers, uh, and so, so treated me extremely well. My years, a, a special assistant, uh, with the angels, uh, this past season, uh, it texted me when I, when I got hired, texted me congratulations. And Jim Leland and I are still good friends. I used him as a resource, uh, because I was a new manager, a new managerial position when I took over for him. Uh, and they all have experiences, uh, they have stories, and uh, they can they can give me advice. Uh, so I, I will, and I have, and uh, probably continue to lean on those types of people because, like like we were just talking about, experience is, is a is a huge asset, and those guys have a huge chunk of experience between the two of them. So I, I'm not worried about coming in there and trying to be Mike Sosha or replace Mike Sosha. Uh, I think I've been around enough. I've been around baseball enough, and, and been around a lot of good players, good managers. That uh, I, I hope I'm smart enough to not try and be them. All right, so uh, how, how long before you, after you got the job, did you talk with Mike Trout? Uh, well, actually, Trouty texted me, uh, Mike, I think it was before it was announced, quite frankly. I think Trouty might have texted me before it was public. So uh, I, I've talked to him. I've talked to him and, and Albert, a handful of the guys already. Um, Still have to go through the rest of the roster. I'll, I'll get. I'll touch base with every single one. Of the guys. Ah, don't worry. Nobody cares about the rest of those guys. We care about Trout and Pujols and Otani. That, that's all we care. So, I, I guess. I guess the question. The question becomes like, look, I, I go to Angel games. Anybody who watches, he's as close to the perfect player as you're going to get. And I one because he does want to get better, and he does get better. And when healthy, he's the best player in baseball. Plus, he he plays hard every day. Like you can't get any better. But at there is this thought that at some point, like, 
Jersey kid with Philly roots, like he's going to try and go home. How do you, how do you convince him, Hey, this is the best place for you to be. Well, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure yet. I got to get in the clubhouse. With him. Certainly, you know, watching him, you know, could you ask for a better complete package as a player and a person? And he goes about his business the right way. As, you know, as, as I was waiting to come on with you, you were talking about Trouty and how everyone likes him. And that, I mean, that's the amazing thing. Everybody likes him. I challenge you to find someone who doesn't like him. No, I don't, I don't know anybody. And this, I don't uh, know. so to, to get a guy like that, uh, you, you couldn't ask for that. I don't think there's a manager ever in the history of the game that would, would say, other than, I would love to manage my job because you don't have to. Um, what about Otani? Obviously, the, the the arm issue, the elbow issue, keeps him from pitching this upcoming year. What do you, what should we expect? I mean, I know it's very very early on. Brad Osmus, new skipper of the LA Angels, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What are reasonable expectations after what in spots was a spectacular rookie year, in spite of the injury? No, well, we're kind of uncharted territory in uncharted territory with a guy that's going to DH while recovering from Tommy John surgery. And I think we'll, we'll, from a medical standpoint, we're going to have to play a little bit safe in every part of the season and make sure he's absolutely ready because we don't want to do anything to endanger him returning to pitch in, 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 20, in 20. So that's going to be probably at the forefront of all decision-making. And uh, But he's, a, he's an exceptional talent. I, mean, I saw him in spring training with, when I was with the Angels down there in Tempe. And... Uh, the, the thing that stood out from an offensive perspective is just the, the raw power. Uh, he was hitting, you know, I had Miguel Cabrera who had as much power as anyone in the opposite field in Detroit. And, and Shelly, he, he rivals Nicky with that type of power. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable in batting practice the first few days I saw him. I didn't, I mean, I almost didn't believe it. And then obviously the pitching speaks for itself when he's healthy. He's, you know, he's 95 to 100 with a nasty slider, nasty split. The thing that people, I don't think, realize is how fast this guy is. This guy, when he breaks, when he breaks stride, when his height, and when he breaks stride, he could probably be a, a wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, this guy floats when he when he breaks stride. He can he can gobble up ground as quick as anyone. No, he's an he's an amazing amazing talent. Brad Osmus joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, you've had this job before. Everyone knows you're a bright guy. You've you've hit all the you know, you were an incredible fielding catcher. I mean, one of, the, one of the best defensive catchers in the game when you were playing. And now you, you've pinned a part of front offices. Like, so you, you check all these different boxes. And, but the experience in the game and the experience as a manager, you bring a lot to the table. Well, we just watched the World Series, and not just in Los Angeles, but not nationally. Dave Roberts catching a lot of heat because the assumption is, hey, he's going by the analytics. He's going by the book. He's not going as much by his gut. What do you think? What's your style? Second opportunity to manage. What do you think your style is going to be in terms of your 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 percentage of use of analytics as opposed to this vast array of personal experience you have both on and off the field? Well, I'm, I would hope it's a blend. I, w- I will say that there's a lot more information that's going to be available in this stint as a manager analytically to me. Um, now, the Tigers have done an excellent job of, of since I left building up that that department. Uh, I know Al's done a really good job, and that was a a target of his when he was hired. Um, But there's going to be a lot more available to me. So in that sense, I'm going to definitely use it more. Um, 
but I still think you, there is some, there's got to be a modicum of uh, taking the human element into account when making decisions at times, you know. Uh, you know, I, I think A.J. Hinch rightfully got a lot of credit a couple of years ago uh, for blending the two when he was making decisions in the World Series. All right, so would you have taken Rich Hale out? That's really what I want to ask you. Uh, that's the thing. We didn't, we didn't have a conversation. I don't know the nature of the conversation, but I've been there when a pitcher, he doesn't so much say take me out, but he's letting you know I'm, I'm reaching the end of my rope. And if you're reaching the end, if you feel like he's telling you I'm reaching the end of my rope, better too early than too late. That's, I mean, listen, that, that's, a, that's a philosophy that so many people have in all of sports, obviously. And, and Hill's a guy that traditionally does not have great pitching stamina, right? Even if he just struck out Nunez, uh, the very last hitter. Um, and apparently the conversation was, hey, you keep an eye on me when you think. And, and if you watch that conversation, Hill handed him the ball almost before he got there. So it wasn't, so we might actually be overreacting, but I think it's fascinating on how little people pay attention to managing and many times in the regular season and how we pay almost too much attention to it in the postseason. Is that a, is that a fair assessment? Oh, no, no question. Plans on the microscope get uh, bigger and bigger uh, in the postseason. And then of course the world series, it's about as sharply focused as, uh, you know, as it possibly can be on every single decision, pitch, move, whatever, you know, you know any aspect of the game being played. So, uh, but that's part of it. That's, I mean, that's part of the, you know, if you're going to be a good team and you make the playoffs, uh, and even for in some cities, uh, even if you're just a mediocre team, the manager's going to, you know, he's going to be the guy that's going to have to answer the questions. And uh, uh, that's just the, the nature of managing in baseball now, especially with uh, with social media. Well, listen, uh, welcome to Southern California. Thanks so much for spending some time with us, and we wish you nothing but the best in the offseason, hopefully loading up on some pitching and some health in that uh, in that pitching staff. Thanks for being our guest on Fox Sports Radio, Brad. All right, thanks, Doug. I appreciate it. All right, Brad Ausmus awesome joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Kind of side note, when he was a player, remember he's a like, three-time gold glover and all-star. He used to come on, and, come, and we used to just talk about pitching with him. And, I mean, it's so next level in terms of his ability to analyze exactly what makes guys work and doesn't work. And, um, you know, we have Matt Holiday on this show a lot, who I feel like has the exact same uh, sense and ability as a hitter. Brad has that type of a baseball brain, if you will, especially from his uh, catching days as uh, for that perspective. But uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting job. Angels possibly getting a new stadium as they're opting out of that stadium deal or at least getting the stadium redone and then the trout deal and the Otani deal. There's a lot there, but there's a lot of questions as well. Let's get to Isaac Lohenkron. He has the answer to all of our questions about what's going on in sports. What do you got? Doug, it starts with something that just occurred moments ago. The governor of Maryland, Larry Hogan, has just issued a statement regarding the University of Maryland Board of Regents reinstatement yesterday of head football coach D.J. Durkin and athletics director Damon Evans. The statement said in part, quote, I am deeply troubled by the lack of transparency from the Board of Regents and deeply concerned about how they could have possibly arrived at the decisions announced yesterday. The University System of Maryland has let down the University of Maryland community and the citizens of Maryland, and now is the time to fix it, unquote. So who is this? That is the governor of Maryland, Larry Hogan, in a statement issued moments ago. Yeah, he's trying to stay to keep his job. You know, this is what we do. We we massively overreact to public pressure. I mean, they they did a thorough investigation, which has been made public, and then they came to their decision. I don't. All of these things, all of these things are in fact transparent. Like this is, 
Sorry, dude. It's, this is pandering. It, it does. It's not going to bring Jordan McNair back. It's it's not. That's the sad thing. Firing everybody might make you feel good, okay? And you know, but and I know Jordan McNair's parents are are really really upset and don't want him coaching anymore. I understand that, but I I, I honestly I I think this is now. But now we're now we're showboating. You know, now we're grandstanding. Right? Like, well, the Board of Regents had an investigation, conducted the investigation. These were the findings. This is what they decided. Guy, the people go back to work, they go back to the work. The people that don't, don't. And now we're like, well, wait a second. All that wasn't good enough. So I'm guessing DJ Durkin's going to lose his job because it's really hard to operate. But I don't think, uh, you know, I don't. The Board of Regents generally are people that love the university. That's it. They're, they love their university. They want what's right. I, I, I completely disagree with the grandstanding that's taking place now. And along those lines, in case people out there are wondering about the relationship and the authority that a governor of a state has on a university, from that same statement, Governor Hogan said, quote, No governor has the ability to hire or fire any u- university personnel or members of the Board of Regents, but I can and will demand that the university is held accountable for making the reforms that they have pledged to put in place with the full transparency that the students, parents, and faculty expect and deserve, unquote. So he doesn't technically have the authority to make any personnel decisions with anybody in the athletic department or the Board of Regents. So that issued just moments ago by the governor of Maryland, Larry Hogan. In the NBA, Jimmy Butler not playing tonight for the Timberwolves against Utah. Remember, he's in the midst of a trade demand, and there were conflicting reports about whose decision it was for him not to play tonight. Well, Fox Sports Radio's Karan Butler spoke with Jimmy Butler and set the record straight earlier today on The Herd. Why isn't he playing tonight? It's a mutual decision from Tibbs and front office in itself. You know, he's, he's he said he's restless, he's tired, he's a little banged up, and it was a mutual agreement to rest him tonight against Utah. NFL Dolphins head coach Adam Gase ruling out Ryan Tannehill for Sunday's contest against the Jets due to a shoulder injury. Brock Osweiler once again starts at quarterback. Finally, the Yankees a short time ago agreed to a one-year deal with outfielder Brett Gardner. Wonder what Red Sox manager Alex Cora thinks of that. Suck on it. Wow, Alex Cora on fire today. Doug, back to you. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Man, we got a ton still to get to. Um, I, I do want to say this about the uh, the play that was made last night in the Thunder game against the L.A. Clippers. Now, what you have to understand, what you have to understand is there is a history there, and not necessarily between the Clippers and the Thunder, although there is some history between the Clippers and the Thunder, but it's more between the, the two point guards. So here's what took place. It was in, I believe it was in the first half. And by the way, the game itself, the Clippers are up 70, no, 67 to, I'm going to say 67 to like uh, 64 at the half. And the the Thunder outscore the Clippers 39-10 in the third quarter. So they just exploded as Russell Westbrook still playing his way back into shape. But in the, in the second quarter, Patrick Beverly, who, and here's the history. Patrick Beverly, when he played for the Rockets, I think it was the Rockets. Um, Russell Westbrook was going to call a timeout, and this was one year in the playoffs, and Patrick Beverly went to try and steal the ball right when he dribbled up to half court, and he bumped into Russell Westbrook. That was when Russell Westbrook tore his meniscus, the initial tear of his meniscus. If you remember back, 
Russell Westbrook came back too early from the meniscal tear. Injuries really ruined the chance, uh, a couple of different runs, because the last year Scotty Brooks was there, Kevin Durant had the broken foot. So Russell Westbrook got hurt. Patrick Beverly's like persona. He's public enemy number one in Oklahoma City. So last night in the first half, Russell Westbrook's dribbling the basketball through his legs behind his back, and he started to lose the ball. And Pat Beverly goes to dive for the ball. He's guarding, I think he was guarding um, Dennis Schroeder, the other point guard for the Thunder. And he goes to, to dive after the basketball. And right after losing the ball, Russell Westbrook retrieves the ball, at which time Pat Beverly looks coming like straight for his knees. And the two bump into each other. There's a verbal altercation. Bench is kind of semi-clear or whatever. They can't clear. They all just stand up. And I don't know if that motivated Russ, but Russell Westbrook was truly outstanding the rest of the game. He ends up with 32 points. He ends up with eight assists, four rebounds. But more importantly, I'm in a complete whooping. In the second half, they outscored the L.A. Clippers 84-43. to Excuse me, 74-43. to and they win by 18 points going away. And so, uh, look, uh, what, what happens is you, you sit there and you watch the play. And you're like, well, he dove into his legs. And then you start to stop and think, like, why would a guy just dive into somebody's legs? He wouldn't. If, if you're going to pull off a dirty play, you're not going to dive into somebody's knees. Like, that's not... In the, in the list of ways to get somebody in the NBA, you get him with an elbow when nobody's looking... You push him on the waist when he drives so his legs come out from under him. You set a screen and you hit him in the lower intestinal region. Like, there's a bunch of different ways. But because of the history between the two, there's this assumption that, oh, Patrick Beverly, not only was that play not dirty, but when Russell Westbrook got hurt initially, it wasn't dirty. It wasn't. What you're going to have to understand is that there's a... Star players can get away with sometimes watching a ball get out of bounds. Again, this is like the Mike Trout thing we have with Brad, Brad Ausmus. I don't like it. I wouldn't want Manny Machado on my team because he's going to demand a high salary, and when you pay him a high salary, the loafing on balls hit into the infield or even only getting a single instead of going for a double, this is going to be worse, not better. But a guy like a Pat Beverly who had to go to the Ukraine and had to bounce all over in order to make in the NBA – in order, he wouldn't have made it if he didn't dive on a loose ball. Matthew Delavidova wouldn't make it. Those are the guys you want on your team. And anyone who says the play is dirty is like, how unrealistic is it that a guy would intentionally dive at somebody's legs when he thought it was a loose ball? Incredibly unrealistic. Incredibly. How are things going with Greg Williams running the show in Cleveland? Oh, boy. Find out next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Download the new All Ball podcast. It'll drop tomorrow morning. Just follow us on Twitter. Check out the Herd Podcast Network. Derwin James will join us tomorrow. So too will Stank. Mark Schlereth, we like to get you updated on all the stories of the day before we hand it to Jonas Knox and R.J. Bell. Straight out of Vegas coming up next, followed by the odd couple. Let's get to the press. 
the press. Isaac Lohenkron, what do you have for me, my friend? Doug, we start with a trio of items concerning the Cleveland Browns. The first two from the great Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer. She's awesome. She is, She and she's been there since the Belichick days uh, in the early 90s. She reports that Baker Mayfield said that talent-wise, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes should have been the number one overall pick in the 2017 draft. Nothing against Miles Garrett, who Mayfield loves, who Cleveland actually took number one overall. Um, look, I, the the Browns told—I mean, excuse me—the Bears, who took traded up and took Mitchell Trubisky too, said they thought that his ceiling was higher too, but they also thought that there was you know, some missed meetings, there was some footwork issues, there was a lot of risk and reward. Was they felt like Mitchell Trubisky would be a more solid pick, and I frankly think they're wrong. But it's important to remember that he walked into the perfect situation. Didn't have to play last year. He learned from Alex Smith. He became a study guy, and he's he's in a great offense with incredible weapons. He has ridiculous talent, and Mayfield would know one of the reasons he left Texas Tech for Oklahoma was <laughs> Mahomes just has freaky level talent. Small world after all. Take a good look, Cleveland. Speaking of Miles Garrett, the new interim head coach of the Browns, Greg Williams, previously the defensive coordinator, asked about Miles Garrett's criticism of the Browns' defensive game plan. Cabot reports that Williams said, quote, he's fine. It's a non-issue. Unquote. Yeah, he actually came out Sunday after the game and was critical, and they asked Greg Williams, this is before all the firings, and he was like, look, we want our guys to feel empowered. Like, he, I don't think he's really bothered by it. Um, the, the more peculiar thing was, and I don't know if you were getting to get into this, where he said he's been offered to interview for 11 different head coaching jobs over the past couple of years. And all he had to do was sign a contract for four teams, but he's been waiting for the right thing. Like, eesh. Yeah, that struck me as a little unusual because I know there's only 32 jobs and they don't exactly come around all the time, even though they sometimes recycle a couple of years. But there has to be fewer than four teams in the league that are absolutely do not touch them because of ownership or culture or personnel or whatever. Surprising well, it would be that, also, that many. He, he did not say NFL jobs, just to be just Ooh. to be. He did not say NFL jobs. I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland over. Take that, Florida Atlantic. Finally, Ian Rappaport, doing an interview today on a radio show, asked whether he thinks Greg Williams has any chance of getting the job full-time going into 2019. One-word answer, no. (laughs) Yeah, this thing is going to be really interesting. It feels like there might be a bowl game offense installed there, right? (laughs) Like flea flickers, reverses, oop-de-oop. And it all starts this Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. On to baseball. Sometimes you see things and you can't believe they actually happen, but they happen. So the Red Sox have their world championship parade earlier today. Suck on it. Okay, thank you, Alex Cora. (laughs) Boston police arrested a man accused of hitting someone who was participating in the parade with a full can of beer. He is gone. Thank you, Jam Master John Sterling. Police say that 19-year-old Patrick Connolly of Sandwich, Massachusetts, which I think is a made-up town, was charged with disorderly conduct and assault. Because if it was if it was Sandwich, Massachusetts, that would there be there. You up. go. Be, is that a joke? It, it would be culturally fitting. Sandwich. Somebody has to have made that up. Actually, if it was culturally fitting in Boston, <laughs> it would be called a grinder. <laughs> a grinder. A, gr- a grinder. A grinder is a hero. Is a sandwich. Yum. Okay? A grinder. 
A I, sub is a grinder, is a hero, is a sandwich. You got to check Yelp for some uh, grinder grinders, reviews. Grinders, yes. He, he, he was charged don't, with... Don't, don't download grinder hoping to find a sandwich. No, no, just, no, yes. No, no, <laughs> That's no, an important no, 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 distinction. No, no. Yes. He was charged with disorderly conduct and assault and battery with a dangerous weapon. They said it struck but did not injure an unidentified man aboard one of the duck boats. Another of the Red Sox World Series championship trophies was also damaged because of a full can of beer that was thrown. And by the way, it turns out that Sandwich, Massachusetts... We got a soldier down. A beer, a free beer, that's a soldier down. (laughs) Sandwich, Massachusetts, believe it or not, actually a real place north of Martha's Vineyard. It's by the vineyard. By the vineyard. You like apples? I got a number. How you like them apples? Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. My Boston accent could use a little work, but it is a grinder. <laughs> grinder. Grinder. Uh, hero is more like in, uh, in the Midwest, right? And a sub, a subway sub. Sub sandwich. That's like New York. It's like a sub. And in California, we just call it a sandwich. That's like a soda or a pop or I grew up in Southern California. It was just everything was a Coke. I want a, I want a Coke. What kind? Dr. Pepper. Right? That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. But, but people from the Midwest, like I'd like a pop. Excuse me? Like a pop. What do you mean? I want a Dr. Pepper. Oh, you want a Coke? No, I said Dr. Pepper. I know. You just want a Dr. Pepper. It's very confusing. Grinder. Also, a um, water fountain in, in Massachusetts. You wear what it's called? That's a bubbler. And a, a grocery cart is a carriage. I didn't make these things up. I just, I just know these things from my time spent in New England. Um, Derwin James tomorrow, right? Mark Schlereth tomorrow. And we'll get you ready for the greatest Thursday night football game of all time in Northern California between the Niners and the Raiders in 2018. That's tomorrow on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Happy Halloween. This is Fox Sports Radio. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. 
Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.